Hey, empaths. My name is Tatiana. I'm T. I'm Marquia. And you are listening to the Empathetic Black Hottie Podcast. We're three licensed psychotherapists here to be another resource in your wellness toolkit. Where our motto is, when it comes to our couch, you you can can always sit with us. go welcome back guys (laughs) we're hoping the sound sounds even better this week because um our woman in tech this week has yes all of our mics black women in stem yes black women in tech stem all the things engineering (laughs) (laughs) all the above but shout out also there's a great uh podcast um i wonder if they're on break but it's called stem too and it's for black women in stem i would not be able to follow any of their content probably not but i love that that's out there they're relatable um um yeah i think it's called she to stem on instagram okay Mm -hmm. y'all we're coming out shouting out out the gate Howdy. Well, I feel like because of the last time when someone pointed out how they never go first. Was it me? Yes. <laughs> For holding. Was it me, Jesus? <laughs> yes. Well, we said it was good today, too. Everybody got the, what we talking about. I know. Look at her giving up tape, how we'd be unprepared. We <laughs> always know what we're talking about. We just never decide. Well, the holding space is mm-hmm. different than the topic. Yeah. yeah no, sometimes I'll be free balling. And then, oh, free balling. <laughs> <laughs> Freestyling, like, oh my god, today, yeah. Freeballing, so freestyling. Are we or- freeballing and freestyling? <laughs> oh you know, sometimes it's like that. <laughs> oh my god, Ooh, Sorry. slip. I'll take it from there. <laughs> this is this is a sober. I don't even think we got anything in our system. Hopefully, non-Philly people don't know what that means. Because right. isn't that like Philly slang? That's a Philly thing that term it's hard when you go to like other places and say shit and they be like what are you talking about that might I'm just be- hoping that only Philly people heard that so the rest of you don't understand how embarrassing <laughs> that was okay anyway what else would it be well pause before you start what's another word for that what um, else would you say commandos yeah how? commando but now we're giving them context of what I meant we can delete it bitch we can delete it people knew um, oh yeah context clue free ball <laughs> yeah Okay. <laughs> what are you holding space for? Today? It's actually I want to put a Philly spin on it, and mm. it's in reference to that Michael B. Jordan incident on the red carpet, uh, um, where he's being interviewed real quick as they are on the red carpet. Who's this interviewer? I'm so L'Oreal. Yes, the. Mm-hmm. I remember it from Love and Hip Hop. Mm-hmm. And there's a moment where they exchange, and she's just checking in like she's supposed to around like his fame and who he is, and she mentions that. She knows him since middle school days or maybe high school days because they went to the same high school. And he says, yeah, I was the corny boy then, right? So, mm. how do y'all think? No. <laughs> they are, went to school in Camden, I believe, right? Newark. Believe. Newark. Okay. Mm. Okay. North Jersey. Yeah. North Jersey. So, they handled it how they handled it. And I do feel like uh, L'Oreal did, I think she, I think she did a professional response yeah um she says i'm well look at you now you know look at you now and mm-hmm. i don't know i think like the internet blew up with what undertone did he mean or you know did he have a right to say that or some people celebrated that he said that and i think people have that like mike jones now i'm hot they're all on mm-hmm. me wish everybody wants that moment okay and, and quoting our girl scissor the lower part of me loves all the cap <laughs> the lesser part of me loves all the cap mm-hmm. and it, you know maybe perhaps all of us have some of that in us but my question is more so if that was two Philly people mm. how do you think that exchange would have gone <laughs> cause it's real similar we still in like the tri-state area okay mm-hmm. 
I don't know. I feel like, because I heard other people mentioning this too, I feel like neither of them were wrong in that way. Like, high school is the ghetto. It is. It's just the ghetto in general. And especially, like, they're a little older than us, but, like, even in our, like, age group as well, like, busing, like, just making fun of people, and especially off of, like, little shit. Because I saw in the interview that they were talking about where he, like, she referenced him as corny. Like, it was basically, like, a joke of... The fact that his name was Michael Jordan, everybody like, nigga, you mm-hmm. ain't no Michael Jordan. And they just felt like he was a corny nigga because he walked around with his headshot. Headshot. And they just like, who the fuck you think he is, Michael Jordan? <laughs> I'm, that's, I'm assuming that's how they was talking. Mm-hmm. But like, I feel like compared to how things were back then, that seems pretty tame to me. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, it just mm-hmm. feels really standard. Now, I do feel like he's afforded to have that moment to be like, oh, you want to talk to me? I feel like... <laughs> I don't I feel like he's, he's wrong. I no. feel like announcing the elephant in the room. If somebody came up to me that I didn't really fuck with and tried to kind of make it seem like we fuck with each other, I, I, maybe I would depend whether I would, like, reference that. I would be like, mm, do we? Mm-hmm. Eh. <laughs> but, like, I think he's fair to be like, wait, don't try to make it seem like we was, like, friends. Is that what he was trying to do? It's open for interpretation. Because I don't think, I that think it was... I think it was juvenile of him to say that. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because if, if he was or if he wasn't, I feel like that was an insecurity to be like, oh, yeah, I was a corner boy, huh? Like, And that's a lot for Marquia, because that that's her boo. <laughs> so she's just coming with honesty. So I do feel like that was just a little juvenile, because I don't think I would have said that. I don't but I'm also, y'all know me, I'm also passive. So if someone said that to me, it was like, oh, yeah, we went to high school, and I was like a nerd or a geek or whatever, I wouldn't have said that. I'd be like, oh, yeah, I remember you. Like, I would have played it off. I don't think I would be like, yeah, and I was a corny one back in. Look at me now. Like, but I he's, also, he's also referencing she mentioned it in a public interview in their adulthood. Like, not like in that the corny on the part, carpet. She mentioned oh. that in an interview. So he's technically referencing okay. something that she said in adulthood now, not in high school. Okay, I think that's if, different then. Because I think that does add on an extra layer. If you just haven't seen each other, no contact, no nothing for years, and to say that is kind of, like, insecure. But yeah. if you just recently heard, like, oh, they was talking about me not that long ago in an interview. So that was kind of like a flex then. I could see that more as a flex now then. If she mentioned it before and instead of... She it, mentioned yeah. it in an interview as an adult as well okay. about high school. That's different then. I can I understand that. Wrong. No. I don't think... I don't think she's wrong. Like, once again, like, busting. But I do think she's wrong. Especially if it's a name thing. Even if we're going from him elaborating or bringing it back up because she said in an interview outside of the red carpet, I feel like she was still wrong. Why did you have to mention anything? At all. She probably wanted to get the interview, so you're like, hey, Bradley, alumni, come over here. Also, I think because she did the interview a few weeks ago, maybe she put... It, I think it warrants a follow-up, right? Because you just said you knew him or you, you guys know each other from way back. Mm-hmm. So now that you have a chance to interview him on the carpet, it makes sense that she filled in that gap of, like, we go way back. <laughs> yeah, and she probably also wanted to validate because most people, right. when you say you know a celebrity mm-hmm. or something like that, people be like, girl, you lying. Mm-hmm. So she probably mm-hmm. like, yeah, we know each other, right? And he mm-hmm. like, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not in the way you trying to make it seem. Right, yeah. Y'all, okay, let's be clear. Anybody ever, we went, we all are from this area. You've had not so good situations in school mm-hmm. with people. If they came up to you like, hey, Kay, how you responding? Yeah, I would be like, hey. 
But I also actively, and please tag me and make make me feel like I'm not alone. I actively avoid people if I see them in public when we went to high school. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> there are certain stores I, I don't people. even go to because there's just too high of a chance. I'll be at the nail salon hiding, child. It was somebody that I um, went to school with at the nail salon. <laughs> I hope she doesn't hear this. But um, she was my roommate in college. And I saw her <laughs> as soon as I got in the nail salon. And I was actively trying not to see her and then we were sitting so it was like me it was back kind of like right when the nail salons opened after covid so they had like those big glasses and like everything trying to block you off she was literally sitting like one space over from me and i was actively on my phone not trying to pay attention she was like marquette and i was like oh we've been here for an hour together we didn't say nothing and i was like hey but I actively try to avoid people in public that I went to school also with. Also, same. I love when we kind of make contact and we both make that kind of promise, <laughs> like, I'll leave you alone. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I'm like, yes. Yeah. You're it great. hasn't happened in a bit, so I can't bring a reference point, but that's probably my reaction, too. Yeah. But, like, hmm. But I think if it was, that's my original question, if it was two Philly people... <laughs> It's very liable for the interviewer to say, and you're still corny. And you're still, what's up? You're still corny. <laughs> and I stand on it, but congratulations on your movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Joe Budden made an interesting point, too, and I'll wrap it up. He's like, money doesn't make you uncorny. Sometimes, like, you're just yes. still, you still exude corny, which corny is so with true. money. Which Joe, is so true. And that'd be the worst, because now you want to try to flex on people, and it's like, let's be clear. We know who you are for real. Please, Urkel, mm-hmm. stop it. Now, because when I think of Michael Jordan, I think about, what was that video of him singling to that white woman? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that might also be the version of him but, that they're but, referring to. But I think that, but that's what I'm saying. But I feel like, especially like young people, like teenagers, people from the hood, all that, like we pick up on those things so quickly mm-hmm. that like most of the time the shit that people are making fun of you for aren't lies. It's just that it's no decorum. It's like, okay, bitch, <laughs> exactly. you had to tell me before you, what the fuck? But it's like, most of the time, it should be true. But yeah. it's just like, leave people alone. But yeah, I'm like, I feel like if the consensus was that from the whole damn school, mm-hmm. was that you was corny? Mike, like... <laughs> Mike. Like, why are we... Mikey. <laughs> Mike, why... Okay, like, it's fine. Stand in there, but it's like you fighting it. Like, okay, it was corny. Yes, you were. Okay, like, what you want from us? It's cool. Right. That's exactly how I see a Philly person. <laughs> like, maybe you were, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and you still pat on the shoulder. <laughs> it's okay, baby. Go get him, tiger. <laughs> you really taught like, us a lot. Like, shit now, but you're still corny, bro. Like, like if it was Demona... <laughs> <laughs> and I think she would have stood up. Like, yeah, you that were. That would be funny. But I also think in the frame of um, Michael J. Michael B. Sorry, Michael Mikey. J. Fox. I'm going to call him Mikey from now on. Mikey, he's Mikey to me. Mikey B. <laughs> Mikey B. That's it. Mikey B. fine. I wouldn't have that energy. At, well, I don't see myself having that same type of energy because if you were that off if you were such an outlier in high school or at any point in your life because you had a different vision that's such a good thing Hmm. you want other people to other people's critiques and laughs at you are a green flag because they're not going where you're headed so they don't even recognize Hmm. the path and so if headshots (laughs) and weird love songs and you know that was the evolution of who you had what you had to go through to grow into who you had to be Mm -hmm. i would be proud of that or you know 
accept where I can be proud of some things, accept what the growth was. And, you know, those, like, background noises, they, I don't think they would <laughs> affect my vibration regardless in an interview like that. Mm. Let's be clear. You know, I'm a, I'm okay with a little um, dis- potional disclosure about this. I, I used to be picked on relentlessly. And let's be clear. Most of those people be the main ones hard-eyeing, like, mm-hmm. any pictures, any things on my story. So I understand where Michael B. Jordan is coming from. As a person who's chubby when in the 90s and the 2000s, mm-hmm. when being chubby was a sin. Mm-hmm. Even the video girls had like regular skinny bodies. Mm-hmm. Right, if you were plus size then, t- you literally were like a size I just watched, yeah, I, was gonna say I just watched Juvenile back that ass up, y'all. Mm-hmm. If it was made in present day, no, I'm and literally because I think all those girls look like Maya. Literally, mm. but the thing is, is like and being thin was so popular. It's like I know what it's like to be someone that like literally who you are just became like okay. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. and those same people that used to make jokes, Nick. Mm, I ain't gonna go down the line, but those same people now it's like oh, it's like acceptable to think Tatiana is attractive. So I feel mm-hmm. that when it's like mm-hmm. oh, you want to talk to me now, mm-hmm. really? But I don't think I would ever just have said it. But I feel like for me, I just wouldn't waste my time around that energy. Like, if you didn't see my light, then I don't need you to. We don't got to. I don't have nothing to say to you. But I just wouldn't even have said anything back. But but I get it when it's like, oh, you made me feel low. You made me not feel. You made me feel less than. And now you want to turn around Mm -hmm. and, you know. You squeeze on you. (laughs) It's like, "Eh, I don't know if I want to waste my energy on that. But, yeah. Mm -hmm. I still think he was nice. He still answered that girl questions. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think most people would have done that, you well, know, for a lot of people. But he also has an image to uphold, though, so I don't you know if he People probably... skip press all the time. Not corny people. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, well, I'm acting like I've been on a red carpet, but there's True. press things yeah, coming yeah. all the time. And I know for a lot of black publications, like, a mm-hmm. lot of people skip them and walk past them. But what if and he did it just to have that gonna, moment? That's what I was thinking. Oh, if you tell me... <laughs> You can pick and choose, and you saw me because you remember me from that fucking interview. Send her fit. I want to know exactly how to spot. (laughs) Oh my god, he probably did. Oh shit, this is now. This is premeditated. Oh my god, premeditated. But does he have room and a right to say that? Hell yeah, Um, he does. But I don't. And then she probably was like Michael. He was like, it's on. (laughs) Walk right to her. What's his sign? He's probably so unproblematic. But let's see. But no, because I know a lot of black publications like Essence and stuff, when celebrities come up to them on the carpet, they're like, thank you for actually stopping me. And they be like, Mm -hmm. of course, I'm going to stop for my people. Like, people say that all the time because people don't be stopping for him. So he did. He he took his time. Let me find out he's a fucking Libra. I'm tired of the Libra slander. And I'm saying that right now. I think his birthday's in December, though. Y'all are. Wait, let's see before I say anything bad about Libras. Lori was a cab. Oh, he's an Aquarius. Oh. Oh, he definitely stopped for that. <laughs> this was premeditated and intentional. Aquarius give me uh, Mr. Crocker. Really odd parents. <laughs> like, they always have the vision and the calculations before anybody oh, yeah. else. They so can he, see into the future. Mm-hmm. So he knew his formula and other people, he, they all laughed at me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. But I do feel like they're geniuses, but it, it clicks to them be- and before it clicks with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think he had room to be like that. And also, I don't think he was as harsh as, like, Twitter's making him be. He was But if you would have had a different reaction, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. cool, too. Um, and that's why you're not on the And I think, too, Philly people would have still 
still don't hit. Yeah. It wouldn't have been no um, Oscar situation, but it would have been like, <laughs> yeah, I said that. And <laughs> but that was a Philly person as well. Mm-hmm. We stand on business, honey. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> The sh- business of the streets. Who's <laughs> next? Oh, also shout out to my mom. She just wanted you guys to know Ty is her fave, <laughs> and she loves our holding space. Not so much our educational se- <laughs> second piece I'm of the podcast. She be like, girl, I don't want to talk like, about anyway. this shit. Um, anyway, where's the filth? <laughs> right. Um, Who's next? Go. go. I have a what did are you doing? Mm. Girl, what's happening? Um, when I came on, like, freaking big. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> that's what moment I just had. What the fuck is that? Blah, 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 blah. That's awful. <laughs> oh Donnie from Ronald Dornberry. Oh, that's what we said. But side note, I would love to be a, like a voiceover animation. <laughs> Me too. Why I hate my voice. As an animation, as a cartoon. Yeah, it'd be fun. I guess I could switch it up. Y'all be making fun of me when I do my little, uh, my voice. No, I think t- out of anybody, Kika actually has a, a career in work. When I tell y'all, if you be like, put on an Australian accent, that bitch will sound like she's from down under. <laughs> down under. Um, well, not to be showcasing that today. So, showcasing. tune in another time. But I was asking, do you are you proposing a question for Holding Space? Or is mm-hmm. that is something? It's something. Okay, because I have a question. I can go, because mine really also kind of bounces off it's of Philly related. Yeah. Okay, go. It's not, like, completely, but... So, y'all, on TikTok, I got to find a girl. There is a DJ on TikTok who's been doing, like, these cute little mixes that's been mm-hmm. so fun. Oh, which... Who is she? Because I see... So, I have a couple of them. So, she's been doing these, like... She's been... I first saw her because she did, like, a... Um, a Philly party music. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh. But so from that, it almost was like a diaspora war, but not diaspora, a tri-state area war. <laughs> because now so, Jersey is getting into it. You know Jersey, Baltimore, and I love them. But it was funny because um, they she first started out, clearly she's from Philly. She started out with the Philly um, club music, and she did, like, of course, all the Philly people like DJ RL, mm-hmm. you know, all of that and they but the title was philly party music mm-hmm. and it was like a little this is her Does she have like braids or something yes well, yeah, I just, just to give y'all that. a little tidbit <laughs> <laughs> what this is getting back dollar party but so you guys tell them her name i know it was dj dior cartel period but she was doing so it said philly club music classics so it had dj d wiz like i just said yb djrl mm-hmm. but all the people are in the comments having a diaspora war and they're like this is jersey oh. or this is and i'm like literally it's not because and this is coming from this is my time y'all i literally the people that are talking about i went to school with them mm-hmm. i knew them. i'm like they are from philly yes we all are in a like diaspora thing of like we all did like club music mm-hmm. and party music but those specific artists were philly people mm-hmm. and then from there i think she saw i love how she didn't like go back and forth in the comments when people were like that so then she just dedicated little things to them too so then she did a baltimore one mm-hmm. which once again we're all from the area so we're all familiar because then when she did the baltimore is dance my pain away mm-hmm. and then it's that like baltimore yeah those are baltimore and then she mm-hmm. did a jersey one too so then you got sexy walk and all that stuff mm-hmm. so but i'm like I love that we're now being specific because we all put in a party music genre, mm-hmm. but we all had our different contributions and 
I just thought it was just funny because I'm like, thank you for just quietly going like, no, that one was Philly. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. But also, we we all are connected. We all are like a highway ride from each other. So we influence each other. And I do think it's a little like, why does everyone feel like they have to like claim it? And also, yeah. if we're being honest, though, Baltimore did start it. Like, mm-hmm. be clear. All the older ones, like from the 90s and 80s, that's Baltimore. And then we kind of like create our own you know yeah but i'm like i just love how it was like a classy clapback with like i'm just going to make a video so i can separate which ones which songs belong to each Mm -hmm. like area since everyone is claiming that the whole thing belongs to them but either way it was nostalgic Mm -hmm. i loved it it was fun and she been she was putting it out in the morning so i woke up to just like (laughs) chaos and positivity not chaos and negativity Mm -hmm. so it was fun it was like a flash in the past give me a wally yeah all that good stuff i did see that specific one but i don't really read comments that much unless the topic is like the topic calls for it i'll go through the comments and be laughing my ass off but stuff like music like that i just be saving it because y'all know i've been creating my own content so i just be saving stuff so i can have it for later Mm Um, but that I don't music be, be stressing me out. The party music? It overstimulates me. Yeah, I be feeling like SpongeBob in that jellyfish scene. Um, With anything, anytime anything electronic comes. <laughs> so you wasn't out at... Um, I was. I just did not enjoy it. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It wasn't a good time for me. And was so aggressive and sweaty. It is aggressive. The D-Mac. You really have to fold the fist to you do did. the D-Mac. <laughs> and you got to change you positions You know how many elbows you can take to the chin if you don't... I was I was living. Yeah, I lived it too. My D-Mac is good. It. Like I can, I know how to get I by. Give them hell. <laughs> <laughs> can you SpongeBob? Since you mentioned SpongeBob, that I wasn't alive enough to do no. that. <gasps> can you knew how to SpongeBob? I did. The cart Don't ask my me to do it now, never. though, child. My titties gonna knock somebody <laughs> out. <laughs> but back then, yes, it was cute. It, it was just like. <laughs> I can't even do it, but it's like I don't know, it's like the bubbles. Yes, I know what you're talking about. I'm having a trauma reaction, <laughs> but, but it was it was cute and just nostalgic, and I I just I like the community it brings exactly just because we all like are connected. And it's funny that like some things that like if you grew up in Baltimore and you heard that we also heard those same things. Mm. Dance my pain away. Yeah. Also, is that not a Negro spiritual? It is. Yeah. He said all this shit was happening to him. Like in that song, mm-hmm. he was going through trials and tribulations. And what did he say? Dance it away. He's gonna dance his pain away. The bill collector that was on his ass. I think somebody <laughs> oh, like dancing. beat his ass. Oh my god, yes. That was interesting. Yeah, traumatic my song. story. Bill collectors oh. on me. Had to file bankruptcy. He was in pain. That's crazy. We're just I, out here dancing that shit and away at these dollar parties. He rose up. <laughs> I definitely promote dancing your pain away. Even if you can't dance, like us yeah. In the chapter that I'm in, Life of Romanticizing My Own Life and being the main character, one of my favorite rituals that I know I look back and enjoy or like encourage my kids to do is like coming home after a long day and still showing up for myself. Not just coming in and putting on the TV, but I like my thing is cooking, but putting on a playlist and I will I have the best dance parties while I'm in here mm-hmm. cooking and that's just Something that nobody sees, although my neighbors probably get something. <laughs> some of that. I um, love me a good dance break, mm-hmm. and it's just one. You're, it's if you're a woo woo girl like me, it's really good for your sacral chakras. Mm-hmm. Like you're really opening that plexus, and that's the plexus of joy, asp- inspirations, aspirations. So it's really good to kind of get that out. But it's also like there's some health benefits to it. Absolutely. So I definitely recommend like dancing like nobody's watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love how we meet. <laughs> I love me. I was just doing that the other day. Um, because Beyonce, uh, what was it? 
I can remember I saw something. It was like some playlist that somebody had like made. I found it on like TikTok or something, and then it of course led me back to Renaissance. So I was doing what was it like energy. Break my soul to break my soul energy church girl like that breakdown right there. Mm-hmm. I was having the time of my life for a good like seven minutes um, at the end of the day on Friday. I'm telling you, the song on Renaissance that gets me full into sacral <laughs> sacral healing is America. America. Has you know how I feel about this song. <laughs> my, my husband is being there wondering if I'm okay. <laughs> Church Girl has been resonating with me more recently. I don't know why. I feel like every time I listen to it, I have a new fave. But Church Girl, this past couple weeks... I I have more respect for it than I have before. When it does come on, I'm like... I also heard this good mix on TikTok of Church Girl. You know what I'm talking about. With City Girls? Wait, no. No, no, no. It was like... I'm about to play it because I saved it. No, I know which one you're talking about, too. But... Child, those TikTok mixes, sometimes they be burning me out. I'm like, that song, the fact that your brain did that, I don't, sometimes your brain be braining, and sometimes I'm like, your brain needs to stop braining. Mm-hmm. Cut it out. Wait, let me see. I might, see, I don't want to, I'll just cut it out. Because I don't want to play too many, because I don't know which one it is. I don't think it's that one. That's Ice Spice. But I know which one you're talking about, though. And they were, they were the mixes be mixing. But it's like, what are, what are we going to do, TikTok, to make these onto, like, a platform? Because there's nothing I can really do with that. I can't shake my ass, um, like, on my phone. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. Doom, doom, doom. Y'all going to get us fucking trademark and copyrighted <laughs> left and right. Please stop, stop playing these things. Please. Please. We I hate being the earth sign of this group sometimes. <laughs> Sorry, but that is just that beat. Doom, doom, doom. Like, what? Period. But yeah. But yeah, some sacral. And I just thought it was just interesting of like the bringing of the community and we're all having our own experiences. But like, yes, some things are very signature to your specific area. But also, we have a little melting pot, which I, I enjoy. Shout mm-hmm. out to Negro spirituals of the <laughs> 90s and the 2000s. I just period. love the depths of. In a weird way, I feel like we're not, we haven't always had permission to say this, but being a black American. Because y'all said we didn't have a culture. Mm-hmm. This is our country. We built our, we built it. Brick by fucking, I'm brick using by that. Fucking you better use Franklin. He didn't mm. invent that, but okay. But yeah, but literally, we, we got the ingredients, we seasoned it, we seasoned this country. So this is our country. I mean, and to make it tribal, literally in every like, part of the country they all have their form of that like when you think of bounce music in new orleans it's like you get a sample of a popular r&b song or an old 90s 80s r&b song and then you add on y'all like really specific cultural mix but it's like literally the old the how i knew what swv the one song was from the party song you know swv the song the one Mm -hmm. but you know the party song that Mm-hmm. That's the whole reason I didn't, I didn't know what it was until I heard the party song, and then I wonder what the sample was. Shout out to the diaspora, and by diaspora <laughs> I mean the diasporas of this country and mm-hmm. our culture. Because yeah. we have, but that's hilarious because that's what we were talking about a couple of episodes ago. With you were saying um, mm-hmm. the way people be using samples, and it kind of connects and keeps the train going with like the musicality and all that um, from like years and years ago. Shout out to us. That was my holding space, though. <laughs> very Philly. Very Baltimore. Like Shout out to all of them. A hundred percent different. <laughs> It's a 360. Um, but so if you were a Disney princess, which one would you be? <laughs> no, not even nowhere near Disney. Get her, get her key. Give her a real <laughs> introspective one for that ass. <laughs> no, it's nowhere near Disney. Nowhere near anything cuddly. So um, I feel like I know where your stances are, but I just wanted to bring it to the table, to the couch, because I keep hearing it a lot. So my boyfriend keeps talking to me about 
his friends having trouble with their girlfriends because they're still in contact with exes. Cut mm-hmm. the shit off. Girl. But it's not even exes, though. It could be someone that they dated, someone that they had sexual relations with, someone that they um, just talked to for a period of time. And they keep getting into situations because they truly don't understand that, like, cutting this off is beneficial for the progress of y'all relationship. And this is Marquia is the actual messy one of the podcast. <laughs> Stop thinking she's cute and cuddly and innocent. Told y'all I was going to spin the block on that Disney princess. So okay, so the question is... How do y'all feel about that? <laughs> of just being in contact with exes? Mm-hmm. So, say, for example, so uh, my boyfriend was saying <clears throat> his friend... Um, his girl went through his phone. He gave her access. He was like, I am talking to this girl. We are really friends. We did used to have a history, but like nothing is there. She went through the phone. She didn't find anything. She did find nudes, but the nudes were from like five years ago. You Which know, niggas, why are you still deleting them? PSM, you still got my nudes. Just delete them, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why niggas just don't fucking delete nudes. I don't care if it's from five, ten years well, ago. Well, they all? Yes. Yeah, why the fuck? Why? Yeah. But also, well, but I delete conversations. Too, I was going to say, I delete, so I delete the fact that you existed. Yeah. So, let alone mm-hmm. a nude, but like even a screenshot of something cute yeah. you sent or just a picture Everything. of your fucking that your hand was in, it's all gone. It's let's gone. Just, guys, let's, let's just leave that before we even answer this question. Delete the nudes. Guys, yeah, listen, don't be weird. Girls, gays, and days, delete the motherfucking nudes. Yes. It's very weird. Even, yeah, just delete the thread. And then when you delete the thread, the news will come with it. Unless you save it to your phone. But nine times out of ten, just delete everything. Um, but yeah, question is, how do y'all feel about that? She went, she didn't find anything. She went through it, other than the news that was like five years ago. But she didn't really find anything. She saw that they were just having a casual conversation. They don't talk every day. But he's feeling very upset because the person is somebody that he is close to they don't have any relations or anything like that right now they talk maybe like let's say once a week at the most um but she's like no like by the time you're looking through the phone we've already got uh to uh, to raise an eyebrow Mm -hmm. yeah i was gonna say her intuition is telling her something and maybe it's not that girl but it's somebody yeah maybe she's she's barking up the wrong wrong tree Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. or there's something in their relationship that could make her feel more secure and perhaps it's some personal work she has to do but if he wants to be with her recognizing that too um because yeah if you're going through the phone you might be this might be postpartum <laughs> this might or postmortem excuse mm-hmm. me um but i think it just it just depends to be honest i'm a confident person so it's never really struck me as super odd well also mm-hmm. we're older like if i was maybe if i was 19 that shit might matter more but even still young girls listening like I don't think it mattered. I didn't think it mattered. Um, I don't think it matters. Really? So you if wouldn't mind? Next. It, it depends. It, hmm. I feel like I just have a standard. So I know what I'm comfortable with. And I know what I'm comfortable with. So to me, it doesn't matter because I'm leaving if I'm uncomfortable mm-hmm. with it. And I told you that. Mm-hmm. And I have. Okay. That's basically that part for me as well. To I the agree. boundary. Okay. Mm-hmm. My thing is, also, I do feel like... I feel like it shouldn't even be any back and forth on his part. It's mm-hmm. like, if you really care about this relationship, like, anything that makes me uncomfortable within reason, I feel like, why why I keep doing it? Mm-hmm. And then if you're that defensive about it, it's like, 
that also tells me something too mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think so, you do gotta analyze like what matters most to you now yeah cause it's like is your relationship that important that you're willing to risk my trusting you to keep talking to her cause then if that's the case then cool like mm-hmm. then I'm out like mm-hmm. I just but I'm I'm not fighting against the wind about it but it's just like and I don't know everybody's in different differing degrees in their relationships but I would say like if it was that big of a deal for him to stop talking to someone that made someone that is important to him comfortable like if it made them uncomfortable I feel like that would make me reevaluate where we are mm-hmm. because once again if it's in reason if like you told me to stop talking to my cousin like cause you just didn't like him I would be like fuck you yeah. but if it's an ex or like someone that really I don't really have to talk to in any way mm-hmm. then it's like what what is the big deal to stop doing it but maybe that's what <laughs> maybe I should take a swing at the question again because my stance is like if I'm uncomfortable I'm leaving so that's why it doesn't matter to me but mm-hmm. does it matter that they keep the relationship I think I gotta ask the partner like why does it matter so much mm-hmm. and if again if I'm uncomfortable with how much that matters to you that's maybe something we discuss further I just also don't think you should give the that relationship that much power no matter how what end you're on whether you want to keep that relationship or whether you're the uh, partner in the relationship like she's given that person a lot of power mm-hmm. in a very like hypothetical sense mm. that something's wrong when maybe it is or maybe it isn't mm. but also what aren't you getting in your relationship because I feel like when I have dated guys that I suspect aren't over their ex it wasn't just them being friends with the ex it was what's missing in our dynamic that's mm-hmm. making me feel not secure and if you can't fill those spaces but you can feel a friendship with your ex yeah i'm out yeah yeah i definitely i think but also i definitely am the person that after i stop talking to someone i have no words to yeah. say to them mm-hmm. so being in relationship with someone that has words i would just be like so what do you have to talk about with them mm-hmm. i would just be confused because i just don't for me that isn't a part of like my way of relating with people yeah it's just like once the connection is done i feel like for me that's like for me it's like a boundary thing where i'm like i don't want it to make it seem like there's still something there so mm-hmm. then i try to leave that very really clear and clear cut and for some people it's not as black and white as it is for me but yeah i'm like is that a thing where like you yeah. struggle with boundaries like do you not know how to let somebody know what it is like is is it is it that or is it just the fact that you want to keep a door open with somebody yeah that's which one is that it? i come from or that's what i was saying is i think my experience is i've never even if it was somebody that i was just talking to or actual boyfriend i've never dealt with them after we broke up and after we finalized things so i think that's my sense too of like i've never had that experience where i was like super close with someone and felt like i needed to continue the relationship past us breaking up mm-hmm. so i think that's why i don't understand it either because i'm like <laughs> why are we talking when i'm like, done i've been done so what yeah what do we have to talk about i'm similar and y'all know that in nature they um but that's why i give a little more grace because i feel like sometimes that's a me thing i'm like i don't see mm-hmm. the point in staying connected but hmm. I'm not saying your relationship didn't breed a friendship. Also, I think, again, context hmm. matters. Like, if we tried a little, if we was kissing behind the bleachers in, in high school mm-hmm. and nothing came of it, but now we're still friends, like, that's not somebody you should worry about. Mm-hmm. That's um, yeah. If it's an adult relationship where some of those lessons were deep and, like, for me, for me to be who I am... I don't know still I feel like it, yeah. it just depends on the context and the nature of the relationship but I don't really keep uh, the open door for exes either not in a bad way but I think that's just 
me can like very being compartmentalizing mm-hmm. so i don't always write off when another person still has a decent friendship i would say this though the friendship has to be more of a i just personally i'm more comfortable with like an association or like a a light friendliness i don't see the point in it being so close that this would pro- potentially be somebody at our wedding one day mm-hmm. type friendship mm-hmm. yeah again unless it has like that type of history because sometimes i do believe like you date people that you're just better as friends and there's mm-hmm. no physical or romantic chemistry for and that's because that hasn't happened to me doesn't mean that may not happen in somebody else's story but i don't know maybe that's my sadness too just feeling like we don't belong to anybody look at me sound like a cheater i'm not <laughs> but like we don't belong to anybody and like if that's just somebody in their story i want to make room for that too but again it's because i trust myself to leave when i'm uncomfortable if mm-hmm. i have to no yeah. that's really good i don't i've never seen it that perspective and i think that's the kind of perspective my boyfriend was having and i'm like no like that doesn't absolutely not i don't understand the dynamic like why is it still a thing but hearing the way that you put it i think i can understand that but way. then i just finished watching my best friend's wedding oh you seen it i love have you movie. seen it who's in it that's top five um cameron diaz julia roberts yeah oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. like a 90s classic but it was all about this so basically yeah. the, to sum it up to make it real quick julia roberts character and, and the uh, i forget the guy's name yeah. the main the husband they were best friends as kids and they also kind of dated like when they were young 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 but when they were younger they made a pact that like oh if you're 28 when we turn 28 if we're still not married we'll just marry each other right so now he met this girl cameron diaz character and he's engaged to her and he like called his friend julia roberts and was like i'm getting married like i want you to be a part of it and all of a sudden julia started hating and she's jealous and she no, realized she said i thought was gone. <laughs> this bitch right like no, they, for real no. and then she but t she made a concerted effort to try to okay she, she yeah plots. she made a, this asserted effort to try to get them to be divorced and all that shit i mean i mean to not to get not married get and mm-hmm. to not trust each other all this stuff and so in that same way too like it could be on some weird shit like that and i but i feel like sometimes you can be open and maybe this is my naturally suspiciousness of like okay well you're consenting to being open to all the possibilities that this that this could bring Mm -hmm. by having these sort of relationships if you want to keep in contact if they do start getting weird or if they start giving you bad advice for the fact that they don't really Mm -hmm. want good for you you are opening yourself to all of that Mm mm-hmm be blessed i'm not opening my sh- myself to any of that shit because i'm i don't want to feel like i have a friend where i don't know if they're coming from a genuine place or if it's because they have their own motives already you know what i'm saying so for me i don't think that that's okay but everybody's relationship is what they make of it who am i I'm not the judge and jury and some people make some shit work mm-hmm. but Hmm. I think it sounds like she has a problem with it and if she does have a problem with it then she needs to go with her highest self and like her internal voice versus what he's trying to tell her is okay mm-hmm. that's what I would say because then be with somebody that has boundaries like yeah. if he don't or respects if, yours right if he don't want to do it then girl like don't put yourself through agony trying to like deal with somebody who y'all shit don't align sometimes it don't align and it's okay he can be with a bitch that don't got boundaries and don't care that he do whatever the fuck you want mm-hmm. and then you can be with someone that cares about your feelings yeah period such a good but messy topic miss libra (laughs) but going back to the original question what would you necessarily say to somebody in that predicament because that's not uncommon yeah Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking of that girl not necessarily the partner but what would you say to maybe a 
a person that's in a relationship where they feel like their partner struggles with or maybe not struggles but isn't creating appropriate boundaries with them and an ex i think understanding the why once again like Mm -hmm. are you doing this and i guess also using your discernment if they're being honest to and insightful right mm-hmm. but, but insert the curiosity first i agree right being curious of like why do you want to talk to this person mm-hmm. in a non-sarcastic way like i feel like <laughs> mom was a little tinge but, but understanding sometimes just being that direct mm-hmm. yeah like i don't understand honestly this is how I, I would say it i would be like i don't get it like why are we ta- why are you talking to them mm-hmm. but but also understanding that kind of we talked about this we're people where we approach relationships differently but that's not the only way and there's lots of other ways to communicate and i think getting that understanding of what their expectation of how they would like to communicate see if that aligns with Mm -hmm. yours and if maybe there's a space for compromise if there's somewhere in the middle where you can meet but i think that goes into conversations with relationships as a a whole is like we're not always going to be in agreement but I think I would say to this person to really see like if their partner is willing to listen to how they feel about it and also their openness to kind of conducting themselves in a way that feels more aligned to what you would need to be in a relationship and feel secure and feel Mm -hmm. like trust is important to them. I I would definitely say that. Beautiful gowns. (laughs) Kind of the same thing. I think it's just like, um, what is it? what is the word oh my brain fog has been killing me expectations Mm -hmm. i think it's just saying that like you know setting up what your expectation is if your expectation is i don't feel comfortable with you talking to them is is that a deal breaker and if it's a deal breaker kind of like what you said maybe in a less like um direct way but kind of just like all right that's uncomfortable or in a direct way shit yeah Mm -hmm. but there's certain conversations and there's many more than we use them for where direct communication is actually just the most appropriate mm-hmm. i was going to say i'm being very honest there in my marriage there's things that we told each other like if you was to do this no i'm out mm-hmm. and but we're aware and I, I don't know if other couples don't have those things but we're aligned mm-hmm. you say that and i'm like cool like i wouldn't do that anyway but it's also but, <laughs> right it's, and what i talk to my clients about because we've had these similar conversations in terms of like relationships it's that vulnerability because if you say mm-hmm. that you're you are opening up to like okay if you do this and i'm uncomfortable with this i'm gonna leave and that's hard because now you're you want to leave and you don't want to leave but if this person is disrespecting you and not honoring what you want why are you gonna stay yeah why are you gonna stay but setting those boundaries is important for someone to know like this means that much to me Mm -hmm. so if you were to go down that road that is essentially you consenting to whatever happens next Mm -hmm. like we like you say t you choose your snores if i've directly said that this is a no for me if you do that then you are already choosing the storm that we ain't gonna be together because I, I made it very right. clear it was no ambiguity of like would tatiana care no i said very clear mm-hmm. that i would care so mm-hmm. then if you go through with that that means you're okay mm-hmm. right which you actually to me is even me. worse because like oh so you already knew i was gonna yeah. be done but yeah so i think she needs to really sit with her boundaries of what she is okay with like because I think that's also the vulnerability vulnerability piece and maybe even with this generation where it's like I don't want to seem pressed or like mm-hmm. I'm jealous but in a real relationship you could be like yep. that hurts my feelings mm-hmm. it makes me upset I do feel jealous and 
or I, I don't like that it makes me feel insecure having that moment to be like I don't like that and just showing yourself and not being like I'm too cool mm-hmm. or you know I'm the friend where it doesn't matter like if that shit matters tell them it fucking matters yeah cause mm-hmm. then you get that short end of the stick too yeah, I was thinking that when you said uh, you would insert curiosity I was gonna say inserting it both ways insert and find why this relationship is important mm-hmm. to your partner and also just dig deeper on why you have your eyebrows up because mm. it could be a level of insecurity that you could um, grow through or it could actually just be a level of self-respect that you're operating from exactly. which is great and saying like okay like this person means a lot that's why I think curiosity would help because then you get to see what does this friendship or relationship mean and I am more lax in understanding that um, we can all have people in our stories for different reasons but I was telling Ty and Marquia, I don't think there's ever <laughs> well my person I don't see them having a relationship with their ex mm-hmm. um, I just don't see the need and again that's kind of how the three of us operate so there could be some biases there mm-hmm. um, but I could see me inserting curiosity be like well what does that mean to you and it, for me in my judgment if it means too much if that person means too much to you that's a decision I gotta go off of um, Todd said earlier like if you don't have those conversations you're consenting to what you mm. say everything that comes with oh, that yeah you're, yeah you're consenting to whatever my reaction is or the storm that mm-hmm. happens you're choosing that storm <laughs> the violence mm-hmm. yeah but not even like not even saying like oh I'm gonna Angela Bassett but it's like no. when you say that like this uh, this is something that impacts you in a particular way if you now do it like that means that you are okay with whatever my response is Mm -hmm. and if or if i'm deeply hurt or you're or even if now all the trust is gone you were aware that that's what happened because i told you that yeah so now you can't be upset like you don't trust me anymore of course not or i didn't know yeah Mm -hmm. and i think if you are that person maybe we're saying this without saying this the answer and the treatment has to come back is you have to feel prioritized and secure Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think both of those things are important prioritized and absolutely secure yeah yeah and if there's foundation that's still rocking that, then that's probably not the relationship for you. And that, again, doesn't mean you're wrestling with insecurity. Sometimes, it's, again, just um, demonstrating self-respect. Mm-hmm. Now, on the other end, for the boyfriend in this situation, I would still, I would the same the same things that we're saying for her. I would ask your that person to be curious about their partner's response to of like why does this upset them because it could be layered and that's what i'm saying of like relationships are about protecting the other person's Mm -hmm. feelings in a particular way and it's like if i know they've been through certain things and this may trigger like an insecurity or or even if it's not and they just really don't like it it's like i don't feel like you're in a healthy bond if that doesn't mean anything to you like if you didn't see that they were hurting and it just didn't make you feel away or or jolt something in you to Mm -hmm. want to not do that so hopefully they're empathetic and they are open to someone else's perspective even if it's against what they may feel like is ideal or a boundary but i think it just sounds like they need to talk about what boundaries in their relationship Mm -hmm. should have and this is like when we were talking about the four horsemen before of like i think these are natural things of relationships where like you don't know that you don't like something until it happens Mm -hmm. and maybe she hasn't come in contact with this maybe there is no overall backstory but now you realize like oh yeah i don't like this Mm -hmm. shit (laughs) so you're figuring out take this opportunity to kind of do some self-work on that yeah Mm -hmm. internally and externally because speaking up for yourself and having dire conversations is self-love yeah Mm -hmm. that's part of what people say is doing the work 
Mm-hmm. Do the work, sister. <laughs> what Wait. is it at the end of um, our um, Tara White auntie? Like, good luck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jennifer from Soul Source. Mm-hmm. That's how like, she would be Tara. reading me inside to filth, and then at the end, be like, good luck. Got all these tower moments, but good luck. <laughs> Someone's uh, after you. Good luck. <laughs> good luck. Is she behind me? She's somebody behind close. Me. But uh, I do feel like if we look at it black and white, it's okay. Maybe not to. It may be hard to feel this, but it's okay to put it in the. What are they choosing? Mm-hmm. Are they choosing comfortability? Are they choosing familiarity? Are they choosing you? Mm-hmm. And per. it's a simple question. Does not mean it's easy to answer, but sometimes that's all it comes down to. Yeah. Period. And that's us holding, holding space. space. <laughs>Oh my god the man from quiet storm when i was younger i used to be terrified of him what scared the bass is weird his voice was so deep and i feel like whenever it always came on at nighttime so like we would be driving in the car and it's dark and night and mm. then he would be on and i felt like i was in a scary movie mm. <laughs> shout out to him that. though i'm sure the older one not i'm was scared so of him but shout out to him <laughs> <laughs> but then they, he played the most relaxing music Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think maybe yeah he's, he sounds sultry and, but it was it Younger was terrifying here for it. it was terrifying to me yeah Boy. so our topic. what are we talking about today ladies the angry black woman <laughs> <laughs> well why are we talking Lots about it? do you want to call it the brunch first so EBH we will be collaborating with boss babe brunch <sighs> this month actually probably by the time oh, i'm sorry guys will they see on this episode <laughs> yeah they will oh yeah but that's okay because this is why i want to do this topic um because the brunch is sold out shout out to boss babe's brunch um say that three times fast <laughs> after the mimosas i'll try <laughs> and their wonderful owner ceo creator director jasmine yeah shout out jasmine really excited hey, to be a girl. part of her brunch she does these brunches um Citywide, year-round, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even if you didn't catch this one, you can catch another one. It's a great place for women that and people um, that are ready to network, learn more about entrepreneurship, maybe travel. Um, there's a bunch of black vendors. It's just rich in women, um, blackness, filliness, and there's something for everybody. So we will be collaborating March. 12th. 12th. Yes, mm-hmm. the 12th. And this will come out the 13th. So sorry. <laughs> but I, we wanted to tackle this topic because uh, a piece of the information we'll be collaborating or um, disseminating will be the angry black woman and how it's actually likely that it is the anxious black woman that we're actually seeing mm-hmm. in that archetype. And we will go over some of the archetypes today. I think it's important to kind of structure not structure, but kind of call out the other archetypes of and why it relates to the anxious presentation but mm-hmm. the angry black woman um and then having this episode on hand and ready for anybody that gets to join us at the brunch wants to learn more wants to hear more about this and anybody that misses the this brunch but you know you still listen along with us and you want the information yes mm-hmm. and we promise next time we do a collab which will be soon <laughs> um there will be like more advanced notice shout out to our friends that were like we would try to buy a ticket but it's sold out no sorry she does sell out quick because these brunches are just really they're they're known to be a good time they are and then the thing is too um with jasmine like she's just such a collaborative person is that it's a little bit of everything there you know <laughs> so whether it is wellness which is what we'll bring or even other like business entrepreneurs um you know just like the the gamut because she's literally the gamut 
you'll just meet a, a slew of people so we hope to see you at the next one and hopefully maybe some of the listeners because we got some listeners when she posted us mm-hmm. um that we'll see you guys actually there or that we saw y'all past tense um but yeah yeah awesome super excited and happy women's month in general that's what i was gonna say especially because it's women's month so we got black history month and women's month right they said we're gonna get all y'all identities and i said hello (laughs) Mm -hmm. period so we're just gonna keep it going year round (laughs) exactly women's month black history month every month yes so lgbtq month every month (laughs) y'all all your identities we just bring them to the table wherever we go period no it's june it is june yeah yeah um yeah so what does it mean to be an angry black woman or what is the stereotype mm. not well be? yeah that's what mm-hmm. i meant when i asked that question what does it mean quote unquote well there's three big archetypes in the angry black woman the strong black woman and the jezebel hmm all right like the and when you did like african-american women's studies is that what you kind of reviewed in your studies well they talk about like the movie stereotype but they do go under mm-hmm. that like so it's like the mammy which is like you know the protector like the mother figure who doesn't really have her own identity she's just like a caretaker of other people then it is the sapphire who would be like the angry black woman that became more popular it's like she's angry she's upset she doesn't also like listen to like her partner she's denigrating to other people then it's the jezebel where you're you know little to the imagination but like you're lusty and you put basically all these are through the guise of like men too like Mm. you put men in dangerous situations and you know whatever but these archetypes of what black women are if we think of media because i thought of people as you were talking can we relate anybody that yeah. we've seen to those three archetypes oh yeah i, I always think like eva or gabrielle union and deliver us from eva would fall under the strong black woman mm. a mm. lot i'm bailey from um gray's anatomy miranda bailey strong mm. black woman that's yeah. a really good one maybe <laughs> maybe annalise keaton she's of, among other things as a person that started rewatching scandal would y'all put Olivia Pope in that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would put them all in a little bit of Jezebel. <laughs> but, but, um, but yeah, I think it's a, I guess I, I get it. I feel like with going with the times though, I feel like people in the past felt like it was revolutionary to have this narrative. Cause it's like, Oh, we're strong. We get things done. Mm-hmm. It's almost kind of like a, like the stereotypes we talk about for other people too, where it's like, maybe it's a good thing but then it puts people in boxes where at one time it was revolutionary but now to me it just feels like it's missing so much nuance and also it kind of takes away the the actual humanity of a person when you kind of just slap that on because it just takes away like all their autonomy Mm. or just like the real shit that happens with the person which is what we wanted to talk about today Mm -hmm. i think all those identities do they Mm -hmm. take away the humanity which is a big piece of why we want to talk about today because there's so many different ways to be black i don't even know if other cultures have archetypes like that i feel like well other marginalized groups they do and i but i think that because like I'm thinking about like the like of Asian stereotypes like the dragon lady or um there's the ones of like even um what is it like in the military of like the I can't think of the name 
but of like the women of service of those where it's like you're ultra accommodating and mm -hmm. they take the way the humanity of them as well of like oh like you're an Asian woman aren't you aren't you like talking back too much like what the hell is this I thought I was gonna get someone as nice and it's mm. like bitch I'm an actual human like mm -hmm. what the fuck are you talking about the stereotype where people call them docile yeah mm. but it's like it's a character all of these start from like these caricatures from TV cause like back in the day like Vietnam times like it was a certain either like the docile woman who just like catered the soldiers that came in or like the dragon lady is like the one that's like more of like a shego type of like fighter ninja kind of person but it's just like putting people into boxes will always fuck up because we're human and we just can't fit into those ways even if we may appear one way surface level but mm -hmm. yeah the yeah. stereotype doesn't necessarily isn't uh, no stereotype the right word yeah i guess stereotype isn't exactly what people present as all the time like you can have this one stereotype but that doesn't mean that it qualifies for each person in that culture well it can't it can't that's why it's a stereotype but that's what I, said. I don't think stereotype is the right word no but, i think you said it right okay yeah but i was I, agreeing with you yeah you're right it can't yeah and i think also like i'm just noticing and i think it's really interesting where it's almost this debunking of it now like i feel like our generation a generation after us gen z are like super like don't call me strong like they're like i don't know if y'all saw because you sometimes be watching those like y'all be watching some of those like too hot to handle stuff the ones mm -hmm. that have what is it <laughs> yeah. perfect match the new one yes so they have all these people from reality tvs other reality tvs all on this island together and if you watch what is it selling tampa Mm -hmm. um the two and this is a they're a, a real estate from selling tampa yeah so That's on, messy on there the two girls from selling tampa colony and i can't remember the other girl's name they're all of the people from selling tampa are black women that was the whole thing of it and they're on this dating show and um which like we all know what happens when black women come on these dating shows but the guy the first thing he meets colony and if y'all don't know what colony looks like literally a striking beauty like she is so gorgeous mm -hmm. now the first thing this guy who was also black said he was like they were he was introducing himself whatever and talking about her and he was like yeah because she's strong she's you know she's a strong black woman like he kept repeating it over and over again she made like a little tiktok with the other girl from selling tampa and was like don't call me a strong black woman basically saying like she didn't like that and mm -hmm. that like but it was like a um a voiceover but like i'm not strong mm -hmm. but also even to me i'm like that i don't want to i don't want to say i'm not strong yeah but i don't know maybe I guess, it's the emphasis on black like why do we have to put those together why can't i just be a strong woman i guess that's the thing i'm like i get where everybody's pushing back but also i don't know it's interesting just to see how we're having these nuanced conversations so like it's also frustrating too because i think they do pick a specific type of female for these shows so it is like annoying well sure right because she got to pass the producer's test right yeah. they want her to be good tv um but maybe just both the strong black woman like nobody wants to be overvalued for or valued at all i think in todd's example colony doesn't want to be valued at all for being under that archetype mm -hmm. or maybe she doesn't want to identify with it either because what does that mean to her and again like if a partner i would kind of agree <laughs> if a partner's calling me a strong black woman they're not wrong but if you overvalue that type of archetype in a woman i may feel like you lose the humanity in me mm -hmm. like um freak what was it ayana remember from um from where uh love is blind 
when her family yes. came up to the guy that I forget his name right now too but they were like what do you love about our daughter mm-hmm. and he was like she's just so strong resilient she's been through so much mm-hmm. and they looking at her like looking at him like what do you love about our daughter because mm-hmm. you're just bringing up her trauma yeah but you're not saying like she's kind she's sweet she's loving she's attentive she's thoughtful you're just like she's been through a lot and mm-hmm. somehow she's like standing on her two feet it's like what the fuck like mm-hmm. they i like that that was actually called out in that moment because i do like we're saying it just takes away the humanity like she's way more than what because i think that's the thing that's strong is talking about what someone has been through mm-hmm. versus just who they are innately as a person resilient is probably one of them but the fact that he couldn't think of anything else yeah mm-hmm. but out of that just it's like i don't feel i don't know if you see her and i think that's sometimes where people can get defensive about that because they feel like they're not being seen mm-hmm. yeah i think sometimes it can also be interpreted as these men are describing what they respect and if you can only respect me when I'm strong, you know, again, it takes out the humanity. Just, I want you to like me first. Mm-hmm. Respect is literally just the minimum. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also, let's be clear, too. Most of the men that will say stuff like that, they say that because they're about to put you through some stuff where you're <laughs> going to have to be strong. It's like, because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, yeah, she can and handle, like, no, don't put me through nothing. And I think, I honestly think that's why people have been bunking back, like, no don't put me through some shit Mm. don't be like oh she can handle it like no like i'm a human and i have feelings and i'm not just going to suck it up and deal with it but were there any other media archetypes that y'all found in the other two without a name the jezebel Jezebel and and the angry the mammy no the angry black woman well that would be well the i guess is the the angry i guess like a i don't know it's a typical like reality tv Cause that goes under like the sapphire like just mean for no reason yeah the angry one i was thinking of but i don't know if this would be a great example was another love reality on love is blind when she um the guy was expressing that he had relations with men in the past and the way that she like reacted and everybody was like ostracizing her for being so like reactive and maybe not respecting his sexuality do you know what i'm talking about oh that first know. one yeah that first season the first carlton yes and uh, what he didn't say she oh would, god he was why people did kind of make her out to be the angry black woman and narrow-minded yeah which i think was part of the producing Heavily. point yes. like they wanted people to question those things yeah fair Mm-hmm. but yeah i think it's like the average like loving hip-hop person is like but but i once again i think that it it strips people away from their humanity too because there are well i guess this is coming from aries but there is righteous rage there are times where people are fully within their right to be upset but when you characterize them from their response versus maybe why they're upset mm-hmm. versus like everything else and you put someone in a box and not explaining full context then you can get a stereotype when you don't because if i'm upset like if you show you know an archetype of a woman hitting someone but then if you didn't show that they hit her first or you know what i'm saying or that they were antagonized Mm -hmm. or whatever it's easy to get into a stereotype where it's where it takes away the humanity that this person is intelligent that this person thought out the this response Mm -hmm. or you know like it just yeah and it's racist as well so this might be rocking the table Mm, i don't know would you consider a Karen on the same level as perceived as an angry black woman? No, because I think the emotion is the same. What people think they see the same emotion, but mm-hmm. it's totally sourced through different 
mm-hmm. different mindset. So a Karen to me is kind of anger and rage. I think rage mm-hmm. exerted by entitlement and an angry black woman. What we're getting into too, especially even if it is just like the love and hip hop shit, it's usually um, forged by maybe disrespect mm-hmm. um, or in defensiveness. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they're being defensive and it comes out as angry. Mm-hmm. But I think they're fueled by two different mindsets. Yeah, yeah. fueled. But do you like? I'm in pre- presenting. Like I know underneath the levels are definitely different. But like presenting, would you say that the world sees them as the same? Mm-mm. Still no. Okay. Because I think even the fact of like when a black woman gets angry, the likelihood of them actually being murdered, the likelihood of any sort of like violence prison jail time anything there's actual repercussions for black women behaving badly quote unquote the angry black woman is treated like a karen should be treated exactly like Mm. these women these karens that we're talking about not killed sorry (laughs) no not killed i know what you meant (laughs) but no they don't it's no repercussion and i feel like you you feel the weight of like i did something bad so now i have to reap the benefits or whatever that may be you know whatever but it they get to behave badly and that privilege is also upholding there's no consequences to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and even just the privilege of people taking time to see a Karen side whether they agree with it or not whether they feel like they overreacted a lot of the times I see people being able to tell both sides mm-hmm. of a Karen story she was mad because her sandwich yeah, wasn't true. made right she was mad because they didn't apply the discount she was mad because they got her order wrong I don't always find that mm-hmm. pause or that curiosity yeah. in a, an For angry black, black woman, woman. So it's just, like yeah. she's going on like that woman in the airport. Mm-hmm. It was so hard. So I saw this video of this woman in the airport freaking out about where the fuck are my kids? Find my motherfucking oh, yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. She was throwing stuff. She had her maybe like her shoes off. She was visibly enraged that the airport lost her children. I believe they were on a flight or something like that. Um, and they couldn't find them. So all you see in this video is her rage but it was so hard to figure out and find within other videos and other contexts and other tweets what is she upset about mm-hmm. versus like if i see a karen bitching over her mcdonald's sandwich having too much ketchup on it and i did see that this week i knew the whole storyline mm-hmm. yeah and it's usually just an inconvenience versus like ours be like real shit but then mm-hmm. like for an example too like i just saw of course social media is full of all this nonsense but like i saw a video of like of course walmart where all bad things happen um <laughs> two women were fighting older black it was an older black woman and an older yeah, no, um, white woman but i think this is an example of like they both were being feisty mm-hmm. but and karen she like kind of pushed her out the way a little bit and the black woman just smacked her <laughs> straight out but as soon as she got physically aggressive they like hey, 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 hey break it up mm-hmm. but i think that's like kind of a summary of like the cultural con- consciousness where we're constantly like policed on our actions where they're excused mm-hmm. in a particular way they were both acting the same way and they were both being unreasonable as fuck mm-hmm. but the moment the black woman exerts herself in a certain way now it's done now it's irreparable now this is out of control and again Mm -hmm. it's a situation she's defending herself and i'm not gonna stay on this situation because this is triggering and i hate this video but there's videos out there like this where but one i was about speaking of is that white girls beating up maybe like a girl that practices islam Mm -hmm. in her club they're like students so maybe like 14 and this white girl is beating this girl up and the girl's not fighting back and then a black girl comes out of nowhere like in another part of the classroom and whoops her ass and as this white girl was beating up this um girl that was covered in hijab nobody was doing anything but filming it and then as soon as the black girl starts Mm -hmm. treating the white girl teachers come security comes desks are being moved Mm -hmm. 
Um, luckily, my girl got a she got a few seconds in. She so got her, she got her. She got a lick. She got a lick. But I think, Your Honor. But honestly, I think that's a part of being black that some that you just can't describe is that you know that that exists mm-hmm. and almost in a way you have to be okay with it like i think well i'll speak from my personal experience it's like i know as soon as i do something it's looked a certain way and at one point in time it was infuriating and i think it's still obviously infuriating but i think we all have this consciousness where mm-hmm. we're like fuck it i don't care because mm-hmm. it's like what am i going to not react what am i going to yeah, exactly it's just this it's overall just acceptance of like yes it's there i can't fight it because you can't control what other people are going to think so mm-hmm. but th- does that mean i'm going to stop my reaction mm-hmm. sometimes maybe but i'll stop yeah. my overreaction if that's coming up within me sometimes yeah. but but i might well respond mm-hmm. just the other day i saw this guy in giant he was in a wheelchair accessible thingy mm-hmm. um and he looked like he needed it like it wasn't like us like the motor one yeah but just when mm-hmm. teenagers just be in it just for fun yeah. right right and he had backed into he accidentally backed into the starbucks display and knocked a few cups down maybe like 10 to 8 and the star the employee was like this guy was so embarrassed like he was just trying to skirt out of there mm-hmm. reasonably so and i was actually right next to the display nobody was hurt it was a bunch of plastic cups it was an easy fix and the employee was like you accidentally knocked down a whole shelf and just i heard somebody say yeah it was an accident and then i was like oh that was my voice because <laughs> as soon as you said you <laughs> oh, like, Miss who? <laughs> like, oh. and we just made eye contact and he shut the fuck up and then we both picked up these these um cups together and that guy was kind of like the guy that knocked it down was trying to be like nowhere to be found because i was like why would you embarrass him do you think he was like gearing up to come knock that shit down he backed into it he's probably very embarrassed i don't know i feel like black people like women we just have this empathy to us um but yeah did i look kind of like assertive to me yes but probably to him aggressive and i just couldn't care i couldn't care because that needed to be said to me more than him critiquing him i think that's also what's so frustrating too is that our assertive is perceived as aggressive Mm-hmm. when other people's assertive is just that oh mm-hmm. they're sticking up for themselves oh they're doing xyz but when we do it oh they're angry they're lashing out they're raging and it's like no we have a voice too just like everybody else mm-hmm. why is it perceived so much differently and i yeah and it's just a, a hard i think especially when you're younger and you're first experiencing this it just feels very unfair mm-hmm. and i think I, I still think it feels unfair but i'm just accepting that that's just what it yep. is but that's definitely not going to stop me from responding and reacting i do think as mm-hmm. you get older you learn to have a more emotional regulation and some some shit just really isn't worth like a big response but when it is i'm going to do it and anybody be damned what you think about it i really mm-hmm. don't care did you guys see the bystander the bystander effect video going around Mm-mm. you might have is this girl describing her like oh the teacher 10th grade biology class yeah i did see it and basically she just says he had them all sit down mm-hmm. in a circle and he says if anybody moves you will all you'll fail you're getting an f for the grade and it's like mm-hmm. an ap bio class stakes are high we get it i don't miss that class at all mm-hmm. and then he takes a fish out of the fishbowl puts it in the middle of the room and walks out so they see this fish dying yada yada and eventually somebody gets up and is like fuck this and they put the fish back in the water teacher returns and he's like what did you just trade off for like you would have watched something die for a grade mm-hmm. uh, and he was just trying to teach them a moment which 
sometimes we learn like those lessons can be incredibly impactful and it was for the girl describing it but she was crying she was just like I will never and I've known that now I think the girl got up let's say her name was Morgan she was like I will always be a Morgan and she was like crying about it and I struggled to empathize I was like not because I haven't been in the bystander effect Mm -hmm. because I think I've always seen a either been the Morgan or like had somebody in my culture step up and be the Morgan it really wouldn't get that deep I don't think even now not to say that we all can't be affected by bystander effects but I do feel like black women be stepping in in you early know what? you bring up something that I think is psychological well to give a little context of where I'm going like there's some famous psych studies about this topic of like when what will people do if they feel like a person of authority tells them to do it there was a study in like the 60s where like they were these students were asked to give um electric shocks the stanley milgram yeah they were asked to give um electric shocks and but they couldn't see the person all they could hear is their um reactions is their reactions and they're told by someone in like a white lab coat to like keep going Mm -hmm. keep going Mm -hmm. and to see how many people would actually stop if they felt like they were killing someone or that they were actually giving harm of course no one was actually on the other side but it was perception right that right, they thought people. they were mm-hmm. right and so it was just a conversation of like what will people do and this was really related to like trying to understand like the holocaust or other situations mm-hmm. like that where people because a lot of those people in the holocaust they were told like well i was just doing what i was told right i think and this is i'm bringing this in to make sense of a fact that i do think because of like systemic things that have happened to us and systemic racism that there's a certain level of mistrust that we have that i feel like we have that ability to debunk when someone tells us to do that because already i know that you guys can do harm i already know that some of y'all can't be trusted in a particular way so that block that maybe some people that aren't in marginalized groups don't have like that they have mm-hmm. we don't mm-hmm. so if you're like hurt that person i'm like no mm-hmm. do you guys actually remember from that study which demographic hit the button the most and listened the most probably white men. i was gonna say white women it was white women mm. fried them up every time heard the screams and everything damn but white that's women. the oh. um, now also i would love for them to see who hit the button least but a lot of our studies especially in the 60s oh yeah it was hard to get like and it still is hard to get a full representation um, so I don't know if they had as many black participants or people yeah. from marginalized, um, yeah. like amount of Jewish people. I wonder what that yeah. would look like. But across the board, when they did do replicate the studies, white women were um, obedient. Is what they called it. It was an obedience test, and they got their own shit too. Patriarchy be fucking with them as well, like in a, a different way because mm-hmm. of their different identities. But that they makes can me actually sad have that too. blind trust in their white man because mm-hmm. the white man has historically looked out for them. But also they looked out for him, but they didn't look out for him at the same time. That's what I'm saying. They have their own complicated relationships Mm -hmm. that they have to navigate. And we're not gonna get we still know white people's business. (laughs) I know, and that's all I was like, but it ain't my place to talk about it. That is your culture, and I will let you handle it as such. (laughs) That's an in house culture. (laughs) That is an in house issue. We got our own we got our own in house (laughs) issues. We got still trying to figure out our shit. We got all sorts of shit over here. So yeah. And there's also a good documentary, just real quick to plug it, Mm -hmm. called Don't Answer the Phone, and that's the one where this is true stories that happened where um a fake detective was calling mcdonald's change restaurants and telling oh, them, oh i heard yeah. about that mm-hmm. and telling them hey i left my wallet and i think this employee stole it take her in the back and he would have the manager go through all these procedures to have her undress or to have her bend over to ha- check her pocket slowly saying like i'm a detective this is okay i need this searched police are on the way and basically what it was was obviously he was a fraud and 
you're listening to this voice on the phone that you think have authority and you're actively traumatizing somebody and mm. questionably um diluting your morals i don't know maybe mm-hmm. you didn't have this moral anyway but nonetheless so that's a good series to kind of get a uh encompass view of what todd brought up when the milgram studies Hmm. Child, because I'm. Well, I guess this Gemini's beware, because y'all already come with that. Don't be a sheep mentality. <laughs> so you may not need to see. I it. know. I love that for y'all, but I guess this that couldn't work in a time of scam calling. Because if anybody calls me yeah. and I don't know who the fuck, I, I it just wouldn't work. I'm mean, like, hello. I heard a weird voice. I'm like, he was calling the man. He was calling the McDonald's location and saying, "Hey, I just got a burger from there. I think the cashier took my wallet. I left it there. I saw her go to the back." Girl, you need to file a police report. I don't know what I'm the fuck you want me to do. John Jenkins law. from the CIA. Here's my badge number. Not the CIA, child. Yeah, he would really. And it, you can see what people's minds do when they think an authoritative person is telling yeah. them to do something. But that and I, a sheer panic. Because I wonder if I would have been one of those people. Because y'all know my empathetic ass. I feel like somebody might have got me. Why are you that empathetic? Then now you got the person hosted up on the wall. <laughs> Smack them. Marker, you would have been like, I know this sounds uncomfortable, but I just need you. <laughs> To, I want to know Ella for two seconds. Could you please Girl. just hold down your chest? Spend the call. Just like, <laughs> you want me just to do a it quick you? one. Or do it together. I, we can do it together. I, I do, do together. not have the wallet. And I actually believe you. Actually. <laughs> but we just have to do this together. No, I, I think it's I probably what would. He's asking. He sounds like a hard it's ass. It's not really from me. Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't go through all I would just give up the wallet. <laughs> hold on. You want me to ask him, do you want to just call your bank, sir? <laughs> But no, but it's real. Mark but I been bad. Marky would really be like, "Can you just call your bank? Because there's just no point. Like, it's, <laughs> I think it's just a fast cancel way. the car. This is a lot for just a car. I think you should just cancel the car. All right. So even if she has it, like she can't use it. I'm not saying she has it. I don't. Also, if it's up on her crevices, do you really want right, it? Right. It's a lost cause. By yeah, let's just get a new car. Nah, yeah. Girl, if you don't just call your bank and cancel that shit and leave me the hell alone. I would hung up. Mm-hmm. But it's the difference too, which like you meant. That's they call me donald's store mm-hmm. that's different because my mindset is work so now i yeah. know what's going on but if you call my phone i'm like are right, you drawing but my no place but that of is work it is because because we're in a capitalist society everybody's like oh, i don't want to get fired so mm-hmm. i gotta do whatever i can mm-hmm. and i just hate that for us i you know i hate that that these would even be motivating factors for us to do things that are completely against our morals yeah. but some people have that access like we're saying with kids and grades like depending on the person the things just aren't as high stake where they're like fuck that i don't care Mm -hmm. but it is we're depending i don't know i grew up in a house that was always telling me to question authority Mm -hmm. i don't even want to give quotes of my (laughs) dad but he's like whenever a doctor's like he's like well you know they say that they're practicing so they don't know everything they think they know everything (laughs) go to someone else because they don't so i definitely grew up in a a environment that was like question everything Mm -hmm. which has its pros and its cons but i think at the end of the day like going back to our original point of like how if we aren't in a space to question it just leads us to almost kind of like lazily place people into boxes Mm -hmm. or lazily like um, treat people in a way off of just like of our stereotypes because mm-hmm. I and to bring this into like you know why we really brought it up too with like therapy is how if we use these really blanket um, or surface stereotypes of people how it also can affect people from getting the true help that they need you know in the therapeutic spaces mm-hmm. if we look at someone as like because let's be clear black people are more likely to get and we've talked about this here in early um 
episodes before but black people are more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia if their conduct is in a particular way that maybe if it was a white person they would just be given like a a less um stigmatized Mm -hmm. mental health disorder or black children are more likely to be um diagnosed with like a conduct disorder Mm -hmm. or something like that versus adhd Mm -hmm. um, or actual depression anxiety and it's lazy right instead of investigating why or getting more context versus you just looking like oh a black child is yelling they got conduct Mm -hmm. disorder versus like if a white kid is like oh maybe something's going on at home investigate bitch yeah and I think that's is this is where we can get into a space where it now is actually ineffective in creating kind of like a pipeline to just negative interactions with healthcare that could be superseded if we were more not racist. Right. Yeah. And I do want to focus on the black one in particular, but um before we get into like the funnel of that last one, the Jezebel, yeah. do y'all see that? Of course. Mm-hmm. I think you get your I think kind of unfortunately like female hip hop that's like oh, their yeah. lane right now. Yeah. If you it's like, oh, let's just fully lean into Jezebel. Which I'm cool with once again because they're all when we're talking about black and white, but if we're talking about the nuance of a person like someone is just not a Jezebel all the time. They're not just lusty, right. you know, they're they're a human. So mm-hmm. kinda like Megan, like Monday, Tuesday, right? Mm-hmm. Bad bitches had bad days too. too. It's like they're a human mm-hmm. so you know but uh, that is something that i feel like is heavily leaned on like a holly berry or even like a beyonce which is so ironic because there's a destiny child song that was grossly Ugh. calling out a jezebel mm-hmm. nasty put Could some clothes on, on. i told you I, I was not woke at that house. time i did we, not we all wear low vibration <laughs> <laughs> but also like that was matthews their manager he's this conservative yes, um from the baptist South. black man and I think they did have good intentions of being role models or feeling like the pressure to accommodate a role model like essence about them at times. Um, and you know they were young and being told mm-hmm. what to do. I don't know if they actually hold those principles now um, or if they ever did. But I think that's what growth can look like, right? Tatcha said I wasn't evolved. <laughs> I wasn't woke. I was singing right along. Yeah. But yeah, I I think that that it's also interesting with that specific stereotype too where like well they all come with their certain realms of violence that can potentially (laughs) but not like violence meaning i'm meaning just like emotional violence Mm. etc that comes with it because because the jezebel is just essentially like a beautiful body Mm -hmm. where it can really take the humanity away from people and that it makes me think of like a Meg of like someone that you think is just cute sexy and twerks but when they're like I'm in pain someone hurt me it's like well like you don't have feelings because you're Mm -hmm. just like sexy figure like Mm -hmm. you know or like we don't care like shut up just keep dancing like where it can just take away the humanity and just be like I'm just a body yeah right which is interesting because remember when the political climate was heavier in maybe 20 I think 2016, well, not even 2008, but the basketball players, football players, they started speaking up and people were saying, shut just, up and dribble. Yeah, dribble. shut up and play. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that was a quote, shut up and dribble. But a lot of black men got angry with that. And I think I appreciate black men who get angry with um, the pushes towards the Jezebel world, too, because 
when Megan was going through it, I didn't see the most black men, the most of black men supporting her personally. I mean that too personally, and um, yeah, and it's been weird in the media. Um, and it's not even, it doesn't even feel good to be like I told you so type shit. Mm-hmm. I get that women lie on men. I get that maybe like their suspicions come with like their experiences, but I think this case was more resounding in telling. Mm-hmm. If I even just I just recently saw. Who's an icon to me? One of my favorite all-time rappers. I think I retweeted it. Saying, I'm not sure. He just went back on something that he Mm -mm. said about that situation. And it was just so disappointing. Mm. What do you mean he went... Sorry, what do you mean? Because you know everybody had their little thoughts in the moment. Like, oh, that bitch lying. So he was retracting it? mm Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Which... I guess, but it was disappointing as someone who's been a fan of that person for literally the majority of my life. I'm like, that sucks. And I'm not talking about 50 Cent. I'm not invested in him where I care. I want to make that clear in case any listener like, are you talking about him? Fuck no. Oh, no I don't I care. Him. But yeah, he did. Um, he did publicly He retract. did probably apologize, but he's been publicly not a good person this entire time. Right. But, he's um, not my least favorite. <laughs> he's not my least favorite. But, but yeah, it's just... I but, saw a female rapper saying that actually. Yeah. And I think that's what I retweeted, but she was kind of giving she was like it's just crazy it's tough you know Mm. i'm cool with mag i love love in person mag but i know tori too and it's just you know people be having drunk nights and i didn't i was like that's no but that's what also irritates me too just i know wrong is wrong and even if y'all were drunk even if y'all were arguing and this is a lesson one of my closest friends taught me sometimes somebody is more fucking wrong Mm -hmm. true just don't say anything that is more wrong i I don't shoot it (laughs) but Okay, let me shake the table too with this, but I'm, I'm you know, y'all know my stance. I think the thing is, to me, when I hear people saying stuff like that, it tells me more about their relationship dynamics than I honestly feel like it says about anything that they're actually talking about. Mm-hmm. To them, though, that type mm-hmm. of behavior is acceptable, and that's why they're like, "What's the big deal?" A man, kind of like the um, the shit that happened before when um. When Rihanna took, um, what's the girl, Drea off of oh, Fenty. Um, oh, for Fenty, because yeah. right. she was like, I like that, a nigga shoot me like, That's, ew. Yeah. And everybody's like, girl, girl. what? Yeah. But for me, and I guess this is as a therapist, I immediately, I'm like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. For someone to romanticize, I mean, could you imagine their relationship you. dynamics? I'm just yes. like, my sisters need help. Mm-hmm. That's my reaction. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, for her to be like, well, shit happens, I'm like, Oh no! Yeah, but let's be clear. That's a lot of times a dynamic. You see jokes all the time, like mm-hmm, when your nigga yank you out the club and pull you out, like oh I can't wait for my nigga to I mean, drag me out the club. Like people romanticize violence yeah. mm-hmm. in a way that makes me so concerned for my sisters. Because so the wires are crossed and how it exerts value. Like he cares about me, he values mm-hmm. me, so he'd go to this extent. Yeah, or I make him crazy which is like again something they may value but it's I mean SZA said it sick in the head I love when you pull your gun at the red light (laughs) so it's across media is that as far as you would go what'd you say is that as far as you would go gun on the nightstand (laughs) right Mm. but but that's I think that's my my thing is like it is disappointing to hear them say that, but also it, it just makes me feel disappointed for their love life mm-hmm. or just disappointed mm-hmm. for their how they have accepted relationship dynamics to be. Um, but I think, I don't know, it, yeah, it's gross. And um, 
sisters, we have to do better. Stand up. <laughs> we need a circle hug. That is not love, y'all. Yeah. And, and also, y'all want a crazy nigga until y'all with one. Let's be... Oh. <laughs> You, you think, said you want one until you're with one? So mm-hmm. you think that's cute until you're actually with them and you have to deal with that type of stuff every day. Mm. It's not cute. Anyway. I know. Luckily, I haven't like, I've been able... Maybe I've been the crazy one, but I doubt that. But I haven't evaded that level of crazy, but I've seen it, and it does not look pretty on the couch. Like, it, it it's emotionally tolling for you just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. I feel like it does kind of um, highlight their standards of a relationship and what's okay and what's not okay what's yeah. normal um but that's what therapy is for too to actually like help you objectively hear what is not normal and typical we can have a multicultural approach and say like this is normal or this is typical in maybe our culture and it's not dangerous or this is typical and still not okay yeah mm-hmm. cool yeah how often does that come up in you guys' cultures where like do they talk about openly like this is something that's like oh you know what i'm talking about i have i'm saying this because i've had clients to say like you know how oh, like we to are mm-hmm. and i'm like yes but it's, it's not okay yeah and this specific topic no but we, i've made jokes not jokes with my clients but like we'll say stuff like oh that's the black thing or that's what black people say um so yeah it's definitely come up it's but been definitely it's correct relationship dynamic things like yeah i grew up seeing my parents but and mm-hmm. you know how that used to be and i'm like yeah yeah but, but it's not okay <laughs> right mm-hmm. i mean i mean i wonder if people would be surprised by this but don't be i see it a lot in teenagers they will have physically mm-hmm. physically physical abusive relationships physically abusive relationships and um i definitely see it in my black teens who kind of like normalize it a little quicker um the specific like the violence part mm-hmm like we ah uh, this is what they say we fought mm-hmm girl I, you know and i'll be like what, what do you mean define fought mm-hmm. did y'all but argue or were hands placed that's what they mean because they know they tell me when they argue like mm-hmm. we got into a fight or we got into an argument and i always do specify but yeah that fighting stuff is not uncommon it's just something you got to do some fine-tuned soul surgery on mm-hmm. and it's i like that i get to do it with younger women because you could set the standard much earlier um versus like an older woman sometimes culturally they just may feel comfortable and go there but i think sometimes they also have some humility to mm-hmm. say like i'm not going to say this in this setting although you should um things that you feel like you want to hold back are the things that will probably be most helpful once you get started on yeah i just had a client like that too she's off on work because of um maternity leave she just had a baby and there's so much chaos going on at work because her baby dad is working at her job and is also actively dating someone else so very messy but she's because of things that have been happening while she's been home they've been calling her all this stuff she literally says often in our um sessions that like she's glad I removed her from that so she's out longer on disability because she keeps saying she will go back and, and fight and I'm like we need to process this because she actively keeps saying yeah I can't wait to go back or I'm glad you pulled me out because I would have been beat her ass or his ass and I'm like alright we need to unpack this because you're really you have a lot of emotions and you're already banking on going back and beating people up mm-hmm. so needing to just which is like you know valid emotion of anger yeah not okay response or reaction right um what was I gonna say it was in reference to oh sometimes even if you feel like you're okay with it like I have clients that are like yeah he pushed me or I I, I mushed him back or mm-hmm. I still it still comes down to 
you're okay with something that's not okay mm-hmm. and that's just what it's going to be until mm-hmm. until maybe we can meet on because sometimes you do have different differentiating goals than your therapist and that's why you don't bring it to the table because you're like well i want to tell her that he pushed me because it didn't bother me that he pushed me mm-hmm. no bring it up we don't have to stay on it you don't ever have to change but it's something you need to hear like your therapist is there to tell you like what's normal what's not normal what's normal and still not healthy Mm -hmm. Um, and at least give yourself that gift to hear the what is and what isn't and move from there otherwise you're kind of just going off of a fallacy yeah kind of going off this everyone needs a narrative but let's make sure your narrative relates to reality yeah yeah with your client though i would probably lean more into the acceptance frame she's you know there's emotion she yes she needs to process it because she hasn't accepted this Mm -hmm. yeah oh goodness (laughs) sisters i love you guys i know more than you imagine (laughs) we chose this angry one because like in the work setting i think that's one that's um comes comes up a lot Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. i see it all do Do you guys ever worry about being the angry black person or woman no, but I go ahead. I'm not, but I'm because of my mom. I'm actively cautious when I'm out so that we're not perceived that way. You gonna let that fish die, bitch? <laughs> I'm actively cautious, but it. Oh, I get what you're saying because, <clears throat> and you could edit this out, but because mom might be perceived that way yeah and i think oftentimes you've been in situations where my mom was perceived that way and i i know what it is like we know anger has so many levels like it could be upset we could be embarrassed we could be um irritable and it comes off as being angry and i i know my mom so i know 98 percent of the time it is anxiety and not wanting to be perceived a different way or whatever but that's how it can come off because of how assertive she is so even in situations where i'm not with family when i'm with friends i do actively i don't know if it's the libra in me or whatever but i do i think i've actively wanted to make sure that it's presented as like assertive like no we're not we are upset but let's handle it this way and not be so abrasive Mm -hmm. i will say because i do think that's layered of like watching your own mom like navigating that Mm mm-hmm I don't think I've ever, I've never thought of things that way. Cause I think, I do think so like watching my mom navigate the world, I feel like my mom, she was never perceived as an angry black woman. It's probably like some privileged thing. My mom mm-hmm. is lighter. I think that like she did things that maybe if she was someone else that they would have perceived her that way. Mm-hmm. But I think that growing up, I, I always felt like for the most part her actions were justified but i do sometimes i'm like mom mm-hmm, you ain't had to go that hard so i don't i've never went into thinking like i need to change how i perceive because of how she does things um because yeah for the most part i'm like eh, i see her point but but i don't know i think also being i don't feel like i was ever in spaces where we're around a whole bunch of other like people i feel like all the situation everybody in the in the interaction was black so I'm mm. like, she arguing with a black person, another black person, mm. everybody else around is black. So we all even. Tell us about when you show up in these white workspaces. Mm. I think I think that's when I became more cognizant of this stuff is like being around um, of actual white people and seeing how they maneuver things. Once again, I think sometimes it's like a second thought that comes into my head, but I have to shoot it away because I'm like. I, I've, I think I've even said this on a podcast before like I had my own like little crisis of like 
who am I? How do I want to show up? Like in college, because, you know, people would say just outright racist things. And it really did start to get in my head. And I'm like, I have to present myself. People think I don't belong here. People think I'm only here because of affirmative mm. action. And so I have to, like, sh show and prove to people that I, I actually do belong. And I did earn my spot here. And I don't know, just a realization one day, seeing drunk white girls all the time where they don't have that monkey on their back mm. and i'm like fuck that like literally i'm just like these people are drunk 24 7 at this school mm -hmm. and they don't get to have to deal with their respectability politics and oh let Absolutely. me wear my sweater and let me do this and oh let me wear be dressed up to class they don't have that and i'm like and i'm not putting that so, that shit on me no more like if if you think i don't belong here i don't give a fuck mm -hmm. like i really don't and that was I feel like I've fine-tuned it as I've gotten older, but I truly feel the same way. I don't care if you think that I'm ignorant. I don't care. Sometimes even, like, um, slang just slips out of my mouth, and I feel myself wanting to um, change, and I'm like, nope, this is how I speak. Mm -hmm. And, like, for me, you can think whatever, but I know that I'm excellent. I know the work speaks for itself. You don't have to like the delivery, mm -hmm. but you can't, I'm unfuckwittable, honestly. And so... For me, it's, it is it is what it is. Maybe you don't like the package. Like, you don't like the wrapping, but the package is bomb. Mm -hmm. So I agree. Like, the sorority girls on Thursday night get a fresh start Monday morning in class. Yep. Mm. That black women Child. don't always get. If you only... The, all the Penn State people, you know. Mm -hmm. It was literally like Babylon there. It was like, name some place where it's just chaos and negativity. That was the streets of Penn State. And that's where you would see. What do like, you think, Maine or the branch or both? I'm saying Maine more so, but yeah, it's just like everybody's so doing Maine. whatever the fuck they want. And then, and and I'm not judging, but I would judge myself of like, well, don't be too loud. Mm -hmm. Or me and my friends be like, hey. Then I'm like, shh, guys. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, fuck that. These girls, somebody just kicked in a storefront mm -hmm. window because um. they're drunk. This girl is yakking out her brains at the corner. Mm-hmm who the fuck and also this isn't even school time this is night time like why are, why am i so caught up in what someone else thinks and also i can't i literally can't control it i just surrender to it yeah i'm like i can't control it i can control how i show up but i can't control what you think i hate that perception of us just needing to be quiet and like dainty that well, we can't just be loud because that's something that i've always been told i'm loud quiet down you're too this you're too that so i do hate that we're in this category of like loud or being seen a certain way when literally all the cultures are doing it in the masses and it's acceptable mm, i've also definitely found like college taught me white people are absolutely the loudest because like <laughs> for real <laughs> what the fuck how are you yelling on this bus like this mm -hmm. I'm like, like this is from people that rose up there all four years of high school and now we're on this blue loop and y'all are screaming mm -hmm. like I feel like I'd be loud and appropriately loud places, mm -hmm. <laughs> like socially. Exactly. It's like I'm at a party. Of course, I'm screaming, or like mm -hmm. I'm out with my friends. But mm -hmm. yeah, it just and I think you know, it just brought into perception. But even now, I'm like unpacking like because I do feel like it did morph into like a you can be whatever you want, but like you gotta make it like kind of like that you have to work twice as hard for the fact of like all right you can be what you want to be but like you just need to make sure you you want your shit or mm -hmm. your shit is good mm -hmm. which is even like why can't i just be mediocre 
And I was I'm reading this study that. by Dr. Neil Barnett. She's a professor at Kent State, mm-hmm. black woman. Um, and she says that pipeline is related to the anxiety in women that we miss black women that we is misconstrued for anger because mm-hmm. they have this and we do like we're speaking from our culture we do have this um unhealthy but maybe accurate mantra of you have to work twice as hard to get half mm-hmm. as much um and i think we are in some rights living in privilege where we are some of the most educated demographics so we can take our degrees and and move if we have to but that hasn't always been the case for black women in these spaces those jobs meant so much Mm -hmm. and they couldn't be as assertive as i'm allowed to be um or you know that literally relates to how much food they could put on their table Mm -hmm. but Um, because you're right intelligence is a privilege or just the accolades that come like intelligence absolutely but then the accolades too like we know if we wanted to leave our day jobs and one start our own business go private or even just go to another practice we would be scooped up we'd be up they'd be like oh they got the degrees they got the credentials we would be able to do that um versus somebody even as early as like even as the yeah like the 90s and early 2000s like when black women maybe didn't have those same choices um but i still feel like it affects us i i feel like a every job i've had where there's more white people i've definitely struggled with like am i the angry black woman and now just where i'm at in life i've always just really like my work my Mm -hmm. growth and even when i struggle with how i make people feel if it and it i'm on a good trend of if it benefits my client and it's sound to my morals and character i have to just stand in it Mm -hmm. and that's okay with me even when and you know i have a good support system to get perspective and gain self-awareness if i am off but that's where i bounce it to i don't bounce it to my coworkers, and mm, i am pretty yeah. unapologetic like if i and i have i've had confrontations at work and they don't warrant apologies so they have not been given apologies um but have they changed our dynamic perhaps i feel like i am viewed differently but i am still respected and most of all this is why i can care a little less i'm happy when i lay my head on the pillow mm-hmm. agreed and i've had my own like you know direct conversations and healthy confrontations as well and for me also the main goal for me was whatever issue i had that it was resolved so i'm Mm -hmm. like okay you can feel all you want but i said my piece i said my boundary and now it's respected so yeah i'm okay with that Mm -hmm. how many no go for how many um oh, i was changing questions though that's what mm-hmm. i said okay mm-hmm. um how many black people do y'all have in your spaces because i'm the only not even black women i'm the only black person at my location i Same. am one of two no no i'm sorry one hmm. five five black oh, people good. Mm-hmm. that's good how many women all five and then you know it's therapy i know <laughs> <laughs> you know our occupation one of our um custodians but he's in and out mm-hmm. but still okay. great to see um and s- a sixth one is starting i okay. like that okay i'm the only one only black person woman but black human but to be honest there could still be more like mm-hmm. i wouldn't say we're incredibly diverse it's just more black people than average yeah yeah and i think also mine um, mine is a small practice but like so even it's not a lot of people period mm-hmm. um but i do think that but i think that that's something that is even common in these spaces depending on 
what facility you're at or the location because also we all work at places that there's a lot of different locations so Mm -hmm. you know that's not to say at the whole facility that that's the case but um those types of things i don't i don't know those dynamics do come up but i feel like because also therapy everyone is so in and out it's like Mm -hmm. meaning in and out of like your everyone is busy (laughs) so it's not like you have like time like everybody is in session usually all the doors are closed like everybody's busy Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like i don't know sometimes i don't feel like it's a resounding thing where i feel that like oh i'm the only one or like that's not something that's always in the back of my head personally Mm -hmm. but it's normal to feel i mean i think we've said that before like how do we know how do we know um I forget the way we put it but basically when we enter rooms we're always kind of cognizant as, yeah we're cognizant mm-hmm. but that's yeah. i feel like marginalized people are like that if i'm the biggest in the room i, I clock that like or people that mm-hmm. are bigger often know like so are these chairs going to fit my body mm-hmm. am i yeah. can i squeeze through these aisles um so same for like black people yeah um and maybe any marginalized group Mm-hmm. yeah no I agree you take you scan and definitely notice you're always like, okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it don't keep matter it moving but even restaurant it don't matter what room I walk into I definitely scan to and see. It's, a, it's a safety thing too I think well I yeah. think that's where innately you know if we talk about kind of like epigenetics and something that's in us like I feel like you scan for safety purposes just to see like what are my surroundings like like you know, it's just a survival technique that humans we create, but some people, if you're in marginalized species, you ha- have had to do it more often because mm-hmm. that's a thing. So I think, you know, we've come, I've even not work related, but I went to a restaurant with my husband. We scanned the room. We're like, oh, okay, some other black mm-hmm. couples in here. All right. <laughs> like, it's, mm-hmm. just, it's just natural, innate, or like, you know, you're in the salon, you're like, oh, okay, all the black girls getting their nails done today, period. Mm-hmm. Like, you notice and you scan but i think in those types of places where you have to really create some form of familiarity like a job where you're there all multiple times a day i mean yeah. week for multiple hours a day it's comfortability you know it's that you need to establish that this is a safe space because you're there for much longer mm-hmm. yeah and i will say like me and all the my black coworkers love each other mm-hmm. i don't um, say that i, I, like, I like all my spaces. coworkers though um and i they get um they get i mean they get the same opportunity to know me mm-hmm. yeah so, and I feel like that's another reason why I know if I have to do confrontation in the workplace, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have to be okay if, it's a, it's going to have to be okay to accept that anyone can perceive you anyway. Whether it's angry, yeah. whether it's brilliant, anybody can perceive you anyway. What matters is, what matters most is how you perceive yourself. Um, and, you know, having like enough awareness and self-awareness to take feedback if needed. Mm-hmm. and I honestly that's honestly the real gag here mm-hmm. because if I feel like someone has like said like Tatiana you were kind of being like aggressive today or something and it's a trusted person and also but even with that like or like you were you kind of responded in like a way that wasn't necessary I think more so for me it's about whether I perceive it that way too if I agree with them then that's really important right because i'm i think it's just finding that gaze because if you feel like no i had to do it that way mm-hmm. it is what it is i'm okay with my response and i'm also okay that you're not okay with my response yeah mm-hmm. that's where i sit with it a lot of times <laughs> it's just like i'm i'm fine that you felt that way but it is what it is i think you know and that's what i talk about like with my clients too of like 
when we get we can get too hyper focused where we forget what our goal is some people there they want you to be docile and they want you to be complacent and people pleasing and if that's on their journey and that's their personal journey of trying Mm -hmm. to find their voice but i'm not going to appease everyone because we may not all have the same goals in life or we're trying to align to create the same like thing so okay bring it back to michael b jordan (laughs) if it doesn't make sense to you that's a good thing right it's like girl well you don't speak up for yourself so the fact that you think i'm aggressive i maybe we we're not supposed to be sitting at the same table about this issue anyway so Mm -hmm. that's fine and i I think that's what i chalk it up to too like you have a different standard and decorum when it comes to professionalism and that's yours so i don't not gonna make myself learn your language if i like mine and my language you know yeah what is it the um black people saying like <laughs> if you like it i love it <laughs> like, girl i will respond that way but yeah. that's you okay. yeah it's just the confidence Pretty much. too and being but, confident in who you are and what you bring to the table and knowing that the way i handled the situation was the way that i wanted to mm-hmm. and how you perceive it is your perception but as always, anger is an emotion that is secondary. So there's usually something underneath of it, and that's what kind of sets this apart from the other archetypes of the black woman. Because what is underneath most black women's anger? <clears throat> well, one, everyone has a, a primary emotion underneath anger. Mm-hmm. Um, but Ta had mentioned that quote earlier. We got to work twice as hard to get half as much. So sometimes it is very common for it to be fueled by anxiety and a symptom that a grossly overlooked symptom of anxiety in black women is irritability mm-hmm. yes guys if you look on like the symptoms list for anxiety irritability is one of the main ones when you mm-hmm. get when we get maybe some of our clients that are hypercritical of themselves or of other people that can be like a really big sign of like their own struggle with like emotional regulation in a moment which is maybe coming off in a way as irritable but I think mm-hmm. it's one that when presented with black women specifically it's like oh you're just a bitch when it's like no i Mm -hmm. am navigating my own emotional regulation right now and i'm struggling yeah but it's not seen that way and i know we're talking about anxiety but that's there for depression too irritability is definitely (laughs) on that list right and those are like less empathetic symptoms versus somebody that comes in for anxiety and says i'm fearful Mm -hmm. i can't leave my house or i'm tearful or i have panic attacks my body is literally attacking me when i'm nervous um those are one physical symptoms which we all know are more empathized with um visible disabilities versus invisible disabilities mm-hmm. um but anxiety or irritability sometimes it's not given the patience that it's needed and when that's really boiling and brewing under a, a black woman in the workspace i think that is kind of um just a difficult thing to navigate when it comes to how you're coming across to people mm-hmm. but how you're still honing in the passion between what you want to say or what the message you want to send um, i just thought about something that made me feel a little emotional <laughs> but having people that see that and understand that is nice mm-hmm. i am someone that when i'm overwhelmed mine comes up as irritability mm-hmm. and i know for a lot of people that's not like palatable but it's nice to be seen by other people that recognize that because if i'm more really irritable at home and like i maybe say a snap a snappy response to my husband he's like what's wrong mm-hmm. i'm like thank you for seeing me because yeah. it's yeah because it could just be written off like okay don't talk to me then mm-hmm. or like all right well i don't want to talk to you because it can be offensive right like, <clears throat> am i yeah. making you irritable or did you yeah it's a transaction it's transactional and it could be hard yeah another one i think that can go hand in hand with um irritability is um the lack of patience too yeah I feel like that's I thought about that, seen. but it was interesting because I feel like 
survival wise and i just mean like how you have to navigate as a marginalized um with marginalized identities in those settings i think people do have patience Mm -hmm. um or if they don't have patience they're not able to kind of show that they're lacking the patience Mm -hmm. as much as somebody else yeah Mm -hmm. or like a white counterpart yeah agreed but yeah i mean irritability and impatience are like come on think about anxiety at the root it's like fear that something that the lack of control fear that something's gonna Mm -hmm. go wrong fear that you know of anything and that does make people impatient but yeah Mm -hmm. like where is the empathy and the compassion and i hope you guys didn't think this was gonna be an episode to tell you to teach you how not to be the angry black woman we're very much saying anchor down in who you are and Mm -hmm. navigate on choices and navigate your choices by the behaviors that feel aligned with you and And understand that you are not for everybody and that's actually a green flag Mm mm-hmm and I think it's important to even name this because I feel like it's just so apropos that it's us that's saying this in this topic because if you are a new listener, you don't know the origin of the name of Empathetic Black Hotties because it literally <laughs> deals with this, y'all. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> of course, thinking of stereotypes, we were in school together at the of time of 2016, the election, lots of duress. And I think a lot of times that stereotype was put out on us a lot of times me mm-hmm. and but all of us of just being passionate about situations and mm-hmm. it someone else could be saying the exact same thing but they're just like well they're just saying their opinion but it's like you're being aggressive and i think that this was literally that to debunk of like no we're not the table of people that are like you can't sit with us you we're not open we're not welcoming we are all those things but Mm -hmm. to some people if you want to look at us through a lens of your stereotype we are way more than that when you want to look at someone and write them off of just being angry like i think the whole thing is that this we are leaning in we are just as empathetic we're just as caring and loving Mm -hmm. and when someone may feel like we don't want them to sit with us, we absolutely do. And if someone gives us the time, you'll see that. So that's yes. who we are. That's why our couch is open. That was a good way to put <laughs> it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and also, if you do, what what do you say to the black women that fear how they come across in the workspace? Because mm. I think that does come up, whether they use that archetype or not. I don't always hear the angry black woman. It's not uncommon to hear, but I do hear black women wanting to be meticulous in how they come across. Mm-hmm and again we're talking about why is that more important just for this demographic today of course other marginalized groups are having to navigate mm-hmm. working in a white man's world but when it comes to black women what do you guys kind of see on your couch if they're worried about how they navigate and work and how they come across for me I go right to the teachers you know the teacher's like a nurturing position it's an mm-hmm. educated position and I think if we really embrace and love diversity when you're hiring black and brown teachers they come with a different way to nurture and there's nothing wrong with that um but i feel like they try to you know they have to be mindful in how they navigate i forget what one of my black teachers said something about she sent something home or maybe um she was struggling with like emails to like her white parents because they would question her a lot Mm -hmm. I think she sent something at the beginning of the year because she was teaching kindergarten. And just, you know, the cute thing of, like, how not to be nervous, how to put this under your pillow so Mm -hmm. you can have a good day. Um, And anytime, like, 
she has to interact with the parents. She just had heightened anxiety around it. And we had to kind of dig, where is this valid? You know, what are some external things that are making you have valid suspicions? Mm-hmm. And where are some internal struggles that you're putting on yourself that nobody else is? Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I think I, when I have seen it on my couch, it's been this same thing of just what happens when there's time for confrontation or um, directly sharing how you feel about something. I think there is that perception of like, but I've, it's been interesting because I feel like a lot of my clients, they went into it like more so in this accepting phase of like, I had to say what I had to say mm-hmm. and I'm not, it, it was more of the anxiety of the fallout after mm-hmm. of like, I yeah. was direct and now I don't know what's going to happen after this, but I had to say something mm-hmm. or even that lead up to knowing like I have to in a healthy way confront someone, but this is what I'm worried about. Um, that's where it's come up a lot of like I have to say how I feel. Yeah, I've been there. How do you support Black women when they've done the right thing that aligns with their morals, their their work field, and they still feel that lingering anxiety of what does this mean? And I've seen that in a lot of different demographics. But again, let's for this episode. Mm-hmm. I think using even the people I'm thinking about, um, we've had to like sit with that uncomfortable feeling of like okay, so. We've had to say a thing, but would you change it either way? Mm-hmm. And most of the time, they're like, no, I wouldn't. I feel like I had to say it. So it's like, so then it is what it is. Like, in, in a, of course, in a way of like, if things would have stayed how they were, we're kind of like creating our storms of like, if we did not, would we have to now sit complacent also that we're navigating things that we didn't want to happen or mm-hmm. we weren't liking whatever politic, you know, office mm-hmm. dynamic shit that may be going on. But, do you actually feel proud of yourself for standing up or saying something that did bother you? Do you mm-hmm. feel like even how you said it, do you feel like it was in an effective way? Okay, so then if anything does happen, we'll deal with it there. Or if it does come up, but this is also our fears of like, they're going to fire me or they're going to do this or mm-hmm. no one's going to talk to me. They're not going to include me in a potluck. These <laughs> yeah. are all of our you know, cognitive distortions of what could happen. But until we get evidence... We're going to just navigate with what's happening right now. For right now, everybody cool. We're mm-hmm. good. If something was to come up, we'll deal with it when it gets there. But right now, you feel aligned with what you said. You feel like it was a part of your higher self, who you want to be, that you stick up. Then be proud of yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if someone wants to get crazy with us later, <laughs> we'll navigate it. But we'll as right now, we're good. For it. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. anything, when you are worried about those things in hindsight remember you gave somebody an opportunity to value the real you Mm -hmm. and either they did or they didn't and i'm not going to act like losing a job wouldn't be a big repercussion or even just office office place bullshit like the climate changing like being excluded um Mm -hmm. or having a reputation which i think black women worry about a negative reputation um again you invited them to see the real you and the you have to love the real you most and back you up most and if they didn't value that they didn't value that um, so having concrete backup plans may be helpful for your anxiety, mm-hmm. but also learning, leaning into acceptance of like, good job. Yeah. <laughs> I think most of my um, clients come from that perspective of like, they already did it, but it's like, now do I, how do I navigate the aftermath? Yeah. Like, is what I did acceptable? Was it okay? Like, did I lash out? Did I handle it well? And I think we navigate that. They they already made the decision without me. And now it's like, okay, well, how do I navigate what did I what I did? And a lot of times they were correct in how they did it. Mm-hmm. I think I might have had one or two that maybe did a little bit too much. We had to dial it back. But for the most part, it was them just sticking up with themselves. And now they might feel, like, guilty for maybe doing that and, and speaking up for themselves. And we're like, 
no it was 100 percent fine you did the right thing and now maybe we have to look at other options if you feel like this job isn't for you anymore and i like putting it on the table to say listen maybe you didn't do it the you're it's not that you doing it is the problem maybe you didn't do it in a way that feels most aligned mm-hmm. for you it's probably still effective so you mm-hmm. can't go back i wouldn't go back and like rehash it or dissect it but what you can do is say like if you felt like you would give yourself a b plus on that what would an a look like next time because there's mm-hmm. going to be a next time and you're going to have an opportunity to show up again even better um but yeah let's not dwell <laughs> let's not dwell yeah. let's also yeah. normalize you did something really big like that's something your younger self should be cheering for but it feels big so the guilt or the anxiety or the doubt that you're feeling is totally normal mm-hmm. and guess what you can still dissect it and say what would i do differently and sometimes you'll have something and sometimes you will not mm-hmm. and then i invite you to enjoy the acceptance of it all to accept yep, yep that was an uncomfortable moment and it was still really sound in my character and it's, sometimes we can be really proud of those uncomfortable moments mm-hmm. it was still effective mm-hmm. period but yeah so in case you guys are gearing up for any uncomfortable conversations or even where we have to face these stereotypes of like am i feeling this way i hope this could be you know something that we can look back to and use as a model and if you feel like in your own life this is coming up more and you have a relationship with the licensed therapist or even looking into that talk about like healthy ways you know to navigate conflict and dissect these you know concerns for these stereotypes really bring this up this can be a great place therapy Mm -hmm. if you will to to talk about these things with people yeah Mm -hmm. i'll share one tip that i do with my clients a lot of times and you guys might be familiar with it too is i have them write um like write a nasty email quote unquote and then like a more tailored professional one that we actually want to send out whether it's a family member work like whatever it is i'll be like duke it out say everything you want to say in your notes in an actual journal hey bitch (laughs) now let's tailor it so that it's effective and it gets your point across in a way that's that would be accepted and not you cussing somebody out because that's understandable but let's tailor it so i I always suggest that i do use that a lot next week i'll be reviewing somebody's homework on that one (laughs) but i do that and i also do role play in in Mm. in the office Mm -hmm. because if we had to do it in grad school you damn right i'm gonna bring it back but Mm -hmm. because it's effective i think Mm -hmm. sometimes when people can see their words and ideas put into a more what would you say i don't want to say like just palatable yeah palatable is important but honestly they're put into a version that maybe their higher self would say it empowers them that's why Mm -hmm. i do it i don't do it so the other person just so the other person that's receiving your message can feel anything because i can't control how they feel they may hate how you come out they may like it they may have their suspicions i can't control that but um a lot of times when we're so emotional we can feel entitled to feel that anger and and send that message in that way Mm -hmm. and they've don't always under they don't always see how you can send the same message with in a way that is aligned with who you want to be or how Mm -hmm. you want to sound and so it's received because i do want to help people send messages that are received and we can't if it's just yeah for not diluted in emotion and regular unregulated Mm -hmm. so i i like doing like the rough draft Mm -hmm. whether it's verbally or um something they write down so they can kind of see like wait a minute as i'm learning to be my own therapist when i'm pissed off at something outside of the therapy room i can totally make a mock draft and then make a better draft Mm -hmm. we we all do it anyway when we be cussing these motherfuckers out (laughs) you know you send that that text to your best friend before you sent it to him or her so Mm -hmm. do the same thing with yourself because you're your own best friend first yeah i like that (laughs) that was a nice way to end it guys (laughs) yeah the message is just be you yeah because that's enough 
And when it comes to our couch, you can always sit with us.